you see these cameras in here? The moment you make a move, highly paid men with weapons will make their way into this room with one very specific instruction. It's not to save me. It's to kill your son. Oh, that's a lot of bullets. And it only takes one for you to lose everything. So I have to ask you because I know family is so important to you. Is that really a choice you want to make? Because I'm ready if you are. If I pull this trigger and God knows I want to, if I killed everyone on this plane, I still couldn't get in there. Because you're a two-man fail-safe system. Since I'm alone! No choice. Do you expect me to talk? Episode 182 of Do You Expect Us to Talk? I'm Becca, and as always, joined by my fellow co hosts and co drivers, Chris and Dave. How are you both? Good evening, folks. I'm oh, fine, thank you very much, Becca. I think the word, word of today is family. Yeah, family! Yeah. I always think of these standards randomly. It's becoming, it's becoming a fetish by this point in the series. <laughs> becoming an FNF fetish. And, 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 and anyone Dom works with for more than three or four minutes is becomes a family member. It's great. Even it's, Kurt Russell. His Christmases must be well expensive. <laughs> Especially the little one as well. Yeah. Little Brian. We'll get Brian to that. Adding to the ranks. <laughs> yeah. In universe, it doesn't quite work because it's a heartfelt tribute to a man who's still alive, but just can't be asked to turn up for anything. <laughs> well, Brian would know what to do. Hey, we promised not to. <laughs> yeah, we, we yeah. promised. We promised not to bother him, but we thought we'd mention it for the vague soap opera feeling of this. <laughs> um, it, yeah. It's like it's like in a, in, a, in a soap opera when like you know a long-standing character who's like who's now left and they like refer back to him like every so often with like oh I've got like you know a, a postcard or something like that yeah yeah but that's great but you got married last week and you couldn't be asked to turn up no so, yeah you get a load of that sort of thing it's um it's really there's a few little references there in this film as well little, you know little nods here and there little easter eggs here and there so yeah bear, bear in mind well, I mean I don't know what happened after the house was blown up but like they, they seemed to live next door to each other at one point. Then it was, I'm retiring. And now, like, they're naming a kid after him, and he, he's not even there to, like, hear this fulsome tribute. No. Is that in spirit? Mind you, sort of doing a bit of a weekend of Bernie's with it would have been a bit tasteless, wouldn't it? <laughs> and that would have been a different series altogether. <laughs> Just have a Weekend at Brian's. Oh, dear. Yeah. yeah. Um... Anyway, I think we might be out of the sweet spot of this series <laughs> by now. I don't know what you guys made of this. Um, 
I saw it on opening release. Uh, so yeah, from here on in, I, I, I watched them as of when they came out. I went to watch this. Chris and I talked about it in a summer review at the time. Yeah, you can't mentioned remember. it on your summer podcast, didn't you? I can't remember what I said about it, if I'm in, in all honesty. can't remember if I liked it more or less than Seven. I'm I, very clear on that now. I remember you making a point how like the Marvel movies could uh, actually learn from the fast in terms of how to... Or, or any sort of these Balance big... sizable casts. Yeah. I, I seem to remember, I, I, it might be Seven, in all fairness. I can't remember if we did talk about Seven on a summer review I, I somewhere. Might have been, I, I might have been making a more general point about the series. That, yeah. might have been, that might have been in Do You Expect Us to Talk, not a Cinematronics episode. I've got a feeling during one series we talked about, I, I said they could learn something from the Fast and Furious, the Fast franchise, about balancing plots. I don't know what I was talking about, though. I don't know if that was Marvel. I don't know, if, I don't know what that was. I can't remember. I don't remember the context. Um, there, there is something. I, there is something in that, in that they they keep adding people to this, and it's still kind of working. The flaws with this film aren't really that the cast is too big. Uh, the flaws are basic logic, the complete fetishization of family, and the whole thing becoming a bit of a soap opera now, or, or continuing down that path anyway. Uh, did you, you obviously you saw this on first release, Chris? Because we talked, yeah. we did talk about it on that summer review, but mm. I, again, I can't really remember. I, I know how I feel about it relative to the last two or three weeks. Now I can't remember what I thought at the time because we'd have been talking about it a few months after it came out. Yeah, you know, um, I, yeah, I, I think, yeah, I think it's just like you know, oh, business as, as, as normal, really. It was just like you know, just going going a bit going a bit more bonkers, giving stuff about family, but it but an enjoyable ride all the same. Yeah, if it, if let's give a, a brief review of it, I think. But um, yeah, what about you, Becca? Did you see it at the time? I don't recall seeing this one at the time. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I might have skipped this one because it was a bit um, blockbuster overload. I no, think no, no Paul Walker, <laughs> no deal. No, sadly, no. Yeah. There was, you know, he he was the draw, and yeah, he wasn't in it. So not even not even the great Helen Mirren could could entice me in. Well, one scene in a bar as a parody. Yeah, that that was really going to save the film. And she <laughs> saved this film in the same way that Christopher Eccleston saved Thor: The Dark World. Um, that was, it was really random. I mean, you know, t- to be fair, obviously, um, you know, Helen, you know, she expressed an interest of wanting to, yeah. you know, play like a villain or like a crazy driver, in you know, in this film. So, you know, she finally gets that chance now, and obviously, she's part of the twist. I'm going to say that inverted commas, which is revealed um, towards the end of the film, and I, I just think she's brilliant. She's she did remind me a little bit of Pat Butcher from EastEnders with like with like her blonde hair and the um, leopard spot coat that she wears and like the massive earrings well, it's um, more Peggy with her Mitchell brother oh, so yeah it might be yeah, uh, yeah actually that's true actually yeah and <laughs> Peggy Mitchell as well get out my pub get out my pub um, it is a proper Peggy Mitchell that voice though isn't it <laughs> Yeah, it's probably it, sort of Cockney, you know, Cockney geezer, yeah. isn't it? Pretty much. So, yeah, you can imagine her. As a... <laughs> I just at the time when you first see it, he goes on. He, he he uses a diversion and a load of help, which I think I realised there was going to be a reveal because it was a bit co- co- it was a bit convenient. There was a van in the way, and stuff yeah. like that. So I I knew there was a bit of like programming and pissing about. Yeah. Going, but I I thought somebody's he's involved with that van. There has to be something going but, on. Um, he goes off to meet Helen Mirren and they have a bit of a chat and then after all this subterfuge he's back and you just think 
was Dom just that desperate to meet Helen Mirren? He really wanted to meet her. It didn't seem any real point to it. Vin Diesel just wanted, to, you know, you're that desperate to cram Helen Mirren in. That's the only. Well, especially because you know he he wrote the role especially for her, so they created it especially it, just so yeah, she could it be crammed. It has a point. If this film has, this goes against some of what I've said over the lifetime of this show that I've, I've sometimes said that this sort of linear build to just 20 minutes of action at the end of the film leaves me quite bored. But it's actually a weakness in this film that the best action sequence in it's halfway through. Because it's just kind of weak after that. Um, the logic of the film's all over the place. You can sort of see them working it out as they go along as well, because when Scott Eastwood actually joins them properly, it just feels like it feels like they've actually released his screen test. Do you know what I mean? They're actually like just putting him with the crew to see how it works. But it's like a live audition as opposed to like off screen. The problem with, um, with the Scott Eastwood role is, and I think the, the film kind of like sandbagged him, uh, sorry, sandbagged him um, really is. You first see him on screen and he, he's, he's a bit incompetent, you know what I mean? He's, he's, he's wet behind the ears. The, the first scene you see, you actually see Rock grab him and push him up against the wall sideways. And you're thinking. Yeah. Well, that's that just completely undermines him for the rest yeah. of the movie. Most really, of the, uh, most of the other uh, sort of most of the other men in this crew, the ones that throw fists anyway at any point, all fight on even terms for reasons we've sort mm. of discussed. Um, I, I haven't gone to the articles this week, but I, I recommend anyone just look them up. Google search, however you interpret what we've been talking about, but. There was a thing on, I think Twitter started saying, you know, uh, uh, started. Uh, Dwayne Johnson was on there saying things like, "If I look pissed in the end film, I was," as in pissed off. Not pissed. I think it was on Instagram, wasn't it? He kind of put that epic ranting post. Yeah, and it was basically, basically how he didn't get on with his, some of his cast members. And he was talking about turning up late, uh, certain cast members not working as hard and turning up late, and all that it was clearly a reference to Vin Diesel. Mm, uh, they didn't get on famously during this film. Yeah, I, again, I still think that it's a real-life soap opera playing out, and this might all be some elaborate bullshit, and he'll be back for 10, and, you know, it was well, the way... Well, don't know. Up. They might have made up in the interim. Oh, I think they sort of have now, but I don't even know how much of that is sort of effectively choreographed. No, yeah, but it might be kind of you know, advertising the for the film. Time, around the same time, uh, the press were kind of a little bit, as much as they care about this series, of course... Uh, they were a little bit out for blood and it, it leaked from who I can't remember but again encourage anyone to go look it up it's not really that important um, but they, they, you know, Vin Diesel had his sister sort of on the set scoring bouts the choreography of bouts and stuff so that um, none of them could in whatever logic he applied to bouts none of them could be seen as like winning or losing or lo losing a fight and they all kind of bought into this. So when you watch the film with that in mind, the, the fights are just these elaborate things ending in check with a bunch of men trying to look hard with egos that won't allow them to serve the story. And I think this, the series is kind of trying to start to eat itself at this point. It's trying to sort of top the last film constantly and it's getting very silly now. Um, the themes of family have been there since about film for I suppose in a big way uh, but it's becoming almost a fetish now, it, it is a drinking game at this point and every scene is trying to play into the comedy 
and most of the comedy is people shit talking each other. So it's going to be a real problem next week with Hobbs and Shaw because Hobbs and Shaw's arc is in this film, but we're going to see them fucking do it again next week. And it's it's all shit talking and one liners, and you know it's one step away from you, you, you know your mother sucks my balls kind of humor. And I, I just I, I don't know. It's not getting any longer really. I think this film's about a similar length to the last couple of weeks. But it's just starting to get a bit tiresome now. I'm I'm kind of glad nine has been delayed a little bit. Not not the COVID delay, because that doesn't change anything in the film, as far as we know. But just the fact they took an extra year. That I still enjoyed this, but I was a little bit bored in the final act. Uh, I've never seen Charlize Theron worse in anything. I think she's flat as fuck in this. And... I just think like it just go- needs a bit of a rethink. They're just throwing all the greatest hits at the screen. Men who can't lose a fight. People looking all, uh, hard all the time. Everything being about honour. Everything being about family. And it, I accept this series, warts and all, but this was just it's just falling out of the sweet spot at this point. And I think next week is is even worse. But we'll see. What did you think, Becca? Um. Yeah, I had a bit of a mixed time with this one. I thought, it was, for me, I found it to be the funniest of the series so far. Um, it's only one of the funnier films. And well, it's it, trying really hard as well. It is, yeah, it's definitely. Yeah. I don't mean funny. kind of, there was perhaps one or two moments where it was unintentionally funny, but yeah. they had some really funny lines. Yeah. Um, like Statham in it, I think is hilarious. Um, anybody, listeners, go and watch the movie Spy. He does a really brilliant comic turn in that. So that I, I can't recommend turns, that film it, high it enough. It turns up every few minutes in that film, in like almost like a series of cameos, and they're but all, he's hilarious. They're all really funny. Yeah, definitely recommend that film. Um, he's far he funnier has. than the film. Yeah, he is exactly. Yeah, but no, he's just. I was, I was like, this is hitherto undiscovered. I was like, wow, this is amazing. Um, yeah, I kind of felt, you know, I was just a bit. Um, let down ultimately. Um, I thought it was really good for you know a film, um, a series that's been going for this long um, to reach kind of the, you know the eighth instalment and to kind of not be flagging a little bit. Um, got to probably about three quarters of the way through and I thought it kind of you know it's one of those films that's kind of got it ends quite a few different times. Got one or two endings that perhaps could have gone in the bin. <laughs> um, but it, it's funny action still like edge of your seat. Um, lots of new you know a few new characters, a few new faces. Um, Especially obviously Scott Eastwood, um, trying to channel his dad. Um, Kurt Russell still don't know much about him, but he still owns every scene that he's in. Um, amazing cameo from Helen Mirren as well, because she's also young credited, um, playing Pat Butcher slash Peggy Mitchell. <laughs> um, it was really fantastic, you know, to see her as well, because she's just an absolute joy whenever she's on screen. Um, I would kind of agree with you, Dave, about Charlie's Theron as well. It's always great to see her. She does, you know, fantastic performance in whatever she's in. I think here she was trying to play somebody who's kind of very, obviously, because she's, she's a cipher, essentially. And um, so she's kind of like a character who kind of just slips in, does the damage and then slips out again. Um, you know, you can't trace her or anything like that. And she kind of plays the cards very close to her chest. But yeah, I think she did come off rather, rather than like menacing. She did come off a little bit kind of flat and a little bit like, yeah, it's quite dull. She, didn't she really was, have a lot by to the do. way, but that's the unintentional effect. No, On me, anyway. I mean, a lot of people might have enjoyed this performance, and I, I have no criticism of that. It just struck me as flat and a bit dull. 
I think it was kind of it was deliberately kind of pared back though because she's somebody who's used to kind of like you know playing playing um pulling the strings being in the shadows and you know controlling all the the puppet master essentially um and she's kind it's of forced out into the open and, yeah it's, it, it, it is a choice she's too good an actress to just be crap yeah, uh, she, it was, yeah, it, it, it would be a choice that she's made, like but she still came off as, as kind of, you know, it's quite menacing yeah. and quite dangerous. And then when obviously, I think she's, I think of all the villains in this series, um, I think she's probably the one to, only one or one of, you know, one of a few who have actually managed to escape and still at large by the end of the film. Um, so you kind of think, oh, bugger, you know, <laughs> you know, she because can do some it's real a damage. Soap opera. They didn't kill Nasty Nick off for a bit. No, exactly, they didn't. Did <laughs> didn't jump in the canal, did he? No. <laughs> Has he actually died twice? I doubt any of us watch EastEnders, by the way. We just know some of the characters from years ago. It's been going like nigh on 30 years, and it's like. 35? And like, and I, yeah, it's like, yeah, this is it. Like, iconic British soap. So, like, Shit um, is the word you're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, like, when I was doing my study abroad in the States, I remember it was on. Oh, God, it was like BBC America or something like that, one of the, you know, in those sort of channels. And it was. Um, Oh, who's that ex-doctor actress who used to be in it? I can't remember her name. Um, but it was when they had like the Italian family in it. I'm really sorry about that, but I can't remember their names. I do apologise. I, 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 I don't I, watch it. I, I know who you were on about. Um, yeah. but it was, it was, it was, was just like 0405. Like Tom Baker era or something. Yeah, yeah that was it. I, oh, it's going to annoy me. Louise um, Jameson. That was it, Louise Jameson. Just legendary Louise Jameson. I pulled that out of my fucking ass. No, from. well don't done, Dave. Ex- expert knowledge from me there, Dave. Thank you. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's all the she spent a brief spell in it, and I was like, oh, you know, obviously getting a bit homesick, being there a couple of months, and I just remember like trying to get some of my, you know, housemate, housemate trying to enjoy a bit of British culture, and they yeah, were I, like, I, I, you I, know, they're saying, you know? I, I was homesick, then I threw on EastEnders, and I'm like, no, exactly, I'm, I'm, I'm all right here, thanks. And I was having to translate the whole time, and I was like, oh, what the bloody hell. And yeah, because I, I don't watch it essentially, but it's just, it's one of those things, you know, it's been on for like 30, 35 years, and it's always seems to be kind of like a, a touch point of, of you know, British culture, things like that. So, the character, we've mentioned three characters so far during this show, and they have all permeated into like common general knowledge. So, like if somebody goes, yeah. then you instantly know what you're talking about. Na- nasty Nick, Nick Cotton, <laughs> he, was a, he was a character in it who was like drugged up and nasty to his mum and everything like that. And he was, he just came back. He was never a regular, I don't think. He came back every couple of years for like decades and got up to some shenanigans and went again. And, and that's the link I'm making here. The fact that in, unless they really have exhausted their impact you uh, or you really want the ratings blast of like them being killed off. You don't kill your villains that often. Certainly if they have a little bit of the sort of anti-hero about them as well, they just stick around and you, you keep bringing them back if you can. And that's the way this series has gone now. Um, they didn't want to use sort of someone with Charlie Saron's th- uh, stature as one and done. And frankly, the last three or four villains have, have stuck around anyway. So yeah, the the, she, the she probably the cast... Dom's team in in next films. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> as they go as they go off to have a fist fight with the sun. <laughs> the that's going to be interesting. Newspaper. Yeah. I I didn't mean like Rupert Murdoch because I think they'd win that, but um, but the He's press would admit it. Yeah, it's um, I I don't know. It's just a, a little bit of a mess and the whole idea of like Dom turns evil but we kind of know he isn't and he can't tell anyone it's just all no, it's a bit, of, I think this it's is all probably, very melodrama it's kind um, of good to, obviously we've been on that kind of slide not, not like, a, like a downward slide but sort of like 
obviously when we started off with the series it was very much about like oh, street racing cars and obviously it slowly kind of morphed into this kind of like heist movie spy movie and i think here especially, well, especially <laughs> this film and what the last couple three? of films yeah <laughs> well you, you know what i mean <laughs> Get in, the, get in the guy who stole some DVD players. We can <laughs> it's gone a long way since then. It's come a long way since stealing DVD players. Um, but I was just getting massive, like, Bond vibes. I think I was kind of got, like, obviously, like, Dine of Day, Goldeneye, um, Future Girl. I think it's kind of vaguely set, you know, there's a ski scene or an ice scene. Um, all some kinds of, of Bond, effects, <laughs> Bond movie some, vibes from this film. So. Some of the effects don't quite stand up, actually. I mean, the very last scene of the film is like a New York penthouse apartment yeah Uh, that is green screen as fuck that is without doubt not shot anywhere some of the visuals in this film i mean this this series definitely does pride itself on you know really high quality in camera effects you know if they can do it if you can do a stunt or do an effect for real you know why not and it's you know it's done to really really high standards i think that's helped kind of raise the bar in in terms of you know in terms of special effects and visual effects um but here I kind of felt that there was quite a lot of visuals that perhaps weren't quite up there, but it didn't spoil my enjoyment. It still looked good. Um, still really great choreography, dare I say it. Um, choreography. You know, <laughs> lots to enjoy. Choreography. Yeah, it's fairly well shot. I don't know, I don't know what the word um, is for it. <laughs> yeah, this this is F. Gary Gray this great time. Um, I, when did I, well, I, I, I don't know if I've even seen Friday. But I know I know he did the negotiator, but he really sort of came to public prominence in this country with the Italian dub remake. Uh, in that, like a load of people had seen the stuff he'd done before, but the Italian job permeated like public consciousness. Oh, they've remade the Italian job. Um, Charlie's Theron was in that as well. Charlie's Theron was in that as well. Uh, with Mark Wahlberg. Uh, yeah, there we yes. are. And it's not very good. Oh, uh, it's not as bad as it could have been. It, you know, I thought this is going to be terrible, and it was okay. But honestly, the the, the car work in the first film is better. Oh, Friday as well. Uh, yeah, he did. Be, then I knew him from Be Cool. Then he did a crap Gerard Butler film. Shut up, I, I have Which not. Which is quite seen popular, actually. A lot of people like that. Law Abiding Citizen. Yeah. yeah. I don't think I've seen it. Uh, it's not I really might check it out. Uh, okay. Good luck with that. You know the sort of work Gerard Butler does, and this is not out of keeping with his average standard. Oh, okay. Uh, Straight Out of Compton I've not seen. That's well thought of. Yeah, that's a legendary film. Men in Black International was fucking awful. Yeah, I've seen that one. (laughs) uh, It's not good. I wouldn't bother. It's like like the weakest remake of Men in Black you can imagine, really. The series just has nothing new to say. And the fact that there's four, six, eight, ten years, whatever it is between installments of that series tells you something. Yeah. That there's no public demand for it. But every now and again, Sony, take a look at their slate and go, what have we got we can try to like make something of again? And every now and again, as they change their executives, somebody comes in and decides they're going to have a crack at trying to make Men in Black viable again. And it comes back, it's never very good, and it disappears again for another fucking decade or so. Um, and that's what's going to happen with this film. Down the line, someone will have another go at Men in Black. But it ain't going to happen anytime soon, and it's unlikely to happen with Chris Hemsworth, because that film was crap. No, they're probably going to reboot it. Well, it's a viable IP for a studio that needs them. Or they think they think it might be a viable IP for a studio that needs them. Mm. 
the thing is though, the concept isn't isn't that appealing. I mean, the, the mo- I mean, it's not the, that strong. It, it's not. I mean, if it was anything, it was Will Smith and Tom Lee Jones that was the main appeal, or Will Smith, or 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 whatever. That that yeah, was. Yeah, I, that was I the... don't really think it was the concept. In fact, I, it was still back in an era with where there wasn't a lot of internet around. It was still there if you could find it or wanted to use it, but. I went into that film not knowing very much. I think I might have seen before I went in Saving the World from the Scum of the Universe. I've said this in a podcast with Chris before that when it first came out, the the posters arrived before, long before trailers and anything was known about the film. So you'd go into like an HMV, remember them folks? Oh God, and, yeah, I remember those. And you'd be flicking through the posters and there'd be some quite cool looking posters for Men in Black without us knowing what it was. And then when it kept, when it kept, just before it came out, I, I thought it was going to be a family-friendly restaurant. <laughs> well, you know, Jones, Will Smith. Yeah, kind of, a, kind of a cool, crimey heist film, but more family-friendly because of the people that are in it. And of course, it, it turns out not to be that. And I never thought it was as, I never thought the first was as good as its hype. And I never thought like its first and second sequels were as bad as its reputation. But I didn't think it was that great a series in the first place. And when you bring when you go and watch Men in Black International, it's just got no reason for being. It really doesn't, even down to they they're not sure how much to reference the past. So there are pick up there's artwork on the wall with J and K in it. And you do see like Emma Thompson just to reassure audiences that if this is a success, it can live within its existing continuity so if will smith ever turned around and says yes i'm happy to come back you can yeah exactly so they go out of their way to try and be new but try and be exactly what they were before yeah so they got one foot in the past it's the the most obvious fucking thing in the world and everyone just looks like what are we here for um yeah for the picture chris hemsworth has pretty good chemistry with what's she called from creed and oh, yeah. Tessa Thompson, no. Tessa Thompson, it is Tessa Thompson. They're pretty good chemistry, but that was about it. The film had absolutely nothing to offer. And the only thing that gives me pause in F. Gary Gray's filmography is the stuff I've not seen. Because I don't think I've seen Friday. I don't think it appealed to me when it came out. And Straight out of Compton, I've not seen either. And those are the two films that have some kind of cachet for him. So maybe he's better than that. But when I look at the stuff I have seen like the Italian job remake, the negotiator's nothing special, law-abiding citizens I didn't like very much, Beagle's awful, Men in Black International's crap, and this is the worst entry in this series since the fourth. So I'm not sure how much I rate this guy, to be honest. Maybe he just needs something, you know, really, really kind of quite big to, to push him out there again, to get back to those levels of, like, Friday and Straight Out Compton, for example. Maybe he's just very script dependent. Well, you you look at his and his 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 uh, jobs are very. Well, his, I say jobs. His films are very varied. There's no sort of like set like oh I I'm a I'm an action thriller kind of guy or I'm a no horror he's, kind he's of versatile guy. and doesn't pigeonhole himself. Um, so uh, you know, which says to me he's kind of like a, a bit more of a, a a jobbing like almost like maybe like you know as they would say a safe pair of hands someone who would like yeah I can I. Get get that job done. Yeah. Is is um his films tend to sort of vary in terms. So he's so he's he's pound shop Ron Howard. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, you, you, I mean, you could say that. I think, yeah. I think well, I'm he, looking at his life and career here, Chris. Sorry to talk across you, but I'm seeing that he did music videos for Ice Cube, Cypressville, Dr. Dre, oh, and so on. Cool. And then straight out of Compton comes out to acclaim, and I'm thinking, well, just maybe that material just meant something more to him. Yeah, quite possibly. I mean, I think it's obviously that was quite heavily produced by uh, Dre and Cube as well. So yeah. it was probably just like or someone that they know and trust and they get and but it was probably mostly like you know produ- well produced rather than he, she- he shepherded their story mm. yeah okay but 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 then, then again it's like there's some there's something to it the, you know the guy is regularly works he probably you know keeps the schedule you know keeps the budget whatever there is something to say about that and i don't know i'm not um, calling him crap i'm no, not no, no. calling him crap but like there are bits of James Wan's career and bits of Justin Lin's career, largely this series to be fair, that I can look at and go, yeah, I can see the ability there. With this guy, he's alright. And actually, when you look through his filmography, it's like, quite mixed. Both in mm-hmm. styles and end result. You don't know kind of how much in how much like the studio or other writers or you know, how, obviously you, you, you can speak about the director's vision and authorship and all that kind of thing as well, but you've also got other factors to consider as well. But yeah, it's just it's one of those things, isn't it? He does he does have quite a varied pop-mark career. Mm. Yeah, and of course I mentioned Men in Black International, and we know from we know from other stories that Sony are rather hands-on, shall we say? Mm, they're quite involved, uh, which, which is fine as a studio. You it maybe can be, but right? it, it's all result dependent. If the result comes out great, you go with the studio. We're really judicious in getting involved, <laughs> yeah. and if it's crap, they've ruined the director's vision. So, well, they're so. bastards. <laughs> yeah. There's, it's so risky at the moment as well, isn't it? Especially with COVID as well. It's just trying to get audiences, you know, to get, to get bums on seats again. It is it's so, so difficult. So I can understand studios wanting to be cautious or wanting to be all over productions or, you know, wanting to be quite heavily involved. Yeah. I mean, there's, Depending the rumor, on the there's the rumour about Tenet. I only, only read in the last hour or so, and I don't know the truth of this, but Warners want to delay it and they're actually not to placate the director because he doesn't want to move it. No, he's pushing for that July it release. De- wasn't he? It depends on your power level, I guess. And obviously, he is now or one of the prestige directors of his generation. But if you push it back, you're going to be going up against Bond, and you know. Well, we I also... think I think I think they're all going to be compromised this year, where, even mm. if they do come out. I don't believe Bond will come out and do like 1.2 billion or something. No, I don't, I don't think we're going to see a kind of Spectre, Skyfall Spectre return, but it'll still be up there, definitely. I don't. I, I don't think we can say definitely because we don't know what percentage. Some some of the audiences no, will go back. I've already seen people saying I'll be there day one for whatever, any just to go to the cinema. In the old cinema. That's fine, but you've only got to have twenty, thirty percent of people that say fuck that. I'm not going. Yeah, exactly. And Bond suddenly stops being a nine hundred, maybe a billion pound proposition, and becomes a six hundred million pound proposition. But surely COVID can be the only reason. Well, there's not been plus uh, much social distancing. I mean, just look at the queues out of Primark today. Well, I <laughs> so, know. Um, <laughs> so, a lot of people. Still I remain a bit more. I, I remain I a bit. Somebody on Facebook, um, he's in Germany, um, went to the cinema to see something. Um, <laughs> I don't know what he saw. Can't remember. Um, I, 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 I actually lived, like... lived in Germany, or otherwise that was really committed. Yes, no, no I, I know he's. he's I in... swam there. Yes, <laughs> he lives there. Mm. Um. 
and I, I've kind of thought, oh, it's quite interesting because it's, it's the first example of, of it that I've heard of in, in Europe. Um, and I think what they did is they only let in, I don't know, 10 or 20 people. Um, or, you know, they let in a certain amount. But rather than like some cinemas you've heard in the States, like removing seats, um, you know, sort of making significant changes to the layout, I think obviously they kind of put screens up. They obviously block some seats off. And exactly. Kind of if, they, if they drop it, to, even if they dropped it to a metre, that's not going to work in current cinemas. There, no. there is going to be a lessened footfall. If there's some miracle by which they suddenly go, actually, for whatever reason, the moment you walk into a cinema, COVID cannot penetrate the walls of it, it's safe. Even if you allowed the same sort of um, capacity in these places, it's going to take a fairly big film to come out for us to see what it does to be absolutely sure. And that film is not Tenet because it's an original property. And yes, it's it's Christopher Nolan. But if you look at the returns of his last three or four films, they're good, but they are a bit variable. So if Tenet comes out and does 400 million, you don't know if it's because that's what Tenet was going to do or whether it would have done Inception money, but just didn't quite make it. So I I, I really don't know. It's going to take Wonder Woman to come out and let's see what happens there. If Wonder Woman doesn't crack a billion, there's a problem. Um, Because the first one did nearly 900. And in these series, the second film does tend to do better when the first ones are claimed. So I I don't I just it's going to be damaged. It's just going to be damaged. It is. Well, it's it's hard to know. I think Wonder Woman's kind of already kind it's of. It's just how much. I think Wonder Woman's already kind of compromised without the virus. I think because a lot of pushback with dates. I don't know. Uh, we'll see, I th- but again, we we'll, we'll kind of remain to be seen on that one. Uh, I just but... can't believe it's going to be unhurt. If you ask, no, well, yeah, it's the same as anything, isn't it? It's going, going to, to take a massive hit. So. At, least, at least two of them are, are going to say, "I'm not going until there's a vaccine or a treatment, or you know, whatever." It, it it doesn't matter whether you go, Chris. It only takes a few people not to go, and it's damaged. So exactly, yeah, same I, with, like you know, sporting events as well. I mean, like some people, you, you know, obviously sport is reopening around the world, especially here in in England as well, kind of obviously behind closed doors. Um, but it's not something that you know, obviously you can attend. A sporting event virtually um but as again something like a tenant uh, tenant tenant or bond um which i, I can't see is going to scream um yeah I, I just found his profile sorry he said um so yeah he went to go went to the cinema some weeks some months ago um so they only used every every second row and in each yeah. row a maximum of four people two on the left two on the right or two in the middle and i was like oh that's really interesting so that was like a week ago mm. um and they didn't have to he didn't have to wear masks or anything like that so i understand so yeah. So I just thought I'd find that out. I think that was interesting. The fact is they're still um, learning about the illness and, you know, we're hearing it's a lot more dangerous indoors and things like that. It's just, it, it doesn't matter that there are a lot of people, I, you know, I keep saying the same thing really, so I'll shut up in a minute, but we, we keep saying that, like, people will go. Yes, people will go, but in what numbers? I mean, I've heard this about yeah. retail as well, that people are saying, well, I've heard retailers saying things like, well, it's fine that the doors are open now, but you've only got to lose about 20% and we're in trouble. Exactly. And, I mean, yeah, a lot of the yeah. high targets that places used to have, people that, you know, shops are going to expect, because there are quite a lot of retailers that perhaps aren't open as yet or that are doing a phase reopen or having like reduced yeah. hours, for example. And I think they're going to, you know, see a sort of drop certainly around like 20 or 30% even more mm. um, in takings. I mean, especially if you're like a smaller independent retailer, it's fine for probably like Promark or Sports Direct, you know, the two 
biggest cues that we seem to see reported on the news today. Oh my God. Um, so we've gone off topic a little bit. We have gone off remember, topic. Sorry I can't about remember that. where it started. Are we blaming COVID on the fact that Gaff Gary Gray remade the Italian job? Pretty much, yeah. No. Sorry. Bastard. <laughs> <laughs> you should leave these sacred cows alone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that, that is the reason why COVID exists in the of long yeah. shore. It wasn't, it wasn't a bat, it was a sacred cow. <laughs> Yeah, so it took like two decades in the make. Yeah, um, yeah, 2003 that film was. Did you see Man of Park? Because I haven't seen that. I saw that at cinema actually. Yeah, um, oh. Man of Park is a Vin Diesel kind of grizzled. I can't, I can't, I don't think it's anything, um, remarkable, but you know, if you like that kind of like grizzled cop undercover revenge type of film. It's 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 okay. It I think it, I think it depends on like if it plays to your taste or not. But if okay. if if you kind of like you know give or take him, then it's not going to sort of you know, yeah. be much to you. Uh, but you know again, it's it's completely done. It's one of um, Vin Diesel's more gruff, serious okay. early work. So with regard to this, I had a very mixed experience. You too, Becca. Were you saying more or less? Um, yeah, pretty much. I mean, I, I enjoyed it and I was kind of, I was pleasantly surprised by how like a film this late, obviously you expect like with Bond, for example, it's a longest running series. Um, some films, obviously any sort of long run franchise you're going to get, some films are going to be amazing, some films less so. Um, but yeah, I, I was, you know, I was kind of overall impressed by um, how the fact that, you know, keep going so long um, and even to have like bigger and bolder stunts. But I was kind of, <laughs> yeah, very mixed. Some, some things I thought were incredible, some things I kind of thought were... Um, not so much, um, but yeah, mixed. But yeah, I'd probably say three out of five. Give okay. me the old three out of five. That's the only mark you ever give out of five. <laughs> I, I, I literally can't do more. Two is too harsh. I feel four. No, but what what I mean is, if it if it is in your head a four or five or one or a two, you don't tell us. <laughs> listen, listen you're if, it, if it's one or two, action. it's got to be like the room bad, you know, or you know. Um, Troll 2 or any of those sort of movies um, like 4 or 5 or whatever it's got to be like Citizen Kane it's got to be like Fresh of Love Goldfingers all that kind of stuff it's got to be like amazing basically but yeah for me I would be like most films are 3 out of 5 most films nearly all of them in fact I'll give it 3.5 for the inclusion of Helen Mirren (laughs) but yeah mixed I would say to answer your question mixed I would say yeah I'll uh, I'll give my uh my uh, first uh, thoughts uh, getting into 40 minutes into recording <laughs> that's, I'll, uh... about, that's about normal isn't it? <laughs> um, so yeah. I, I first watched this at the cinema on, on release uh, definitely and, and to me it was just pretty much yeah same old it was like Standard yeah, issue. yeah d- this is fine yeah this is, this is what I came yeah, for uh, you know obviously it's ridiculous but by that point um, I, I don't really sort of go with it for its ridiculousness um, I just sort of go, yeah, you know, I'll I'll put up with the family family crap and just give me just just kind of fun fun uh, fun shit on screen. Um, and yeah, I I join myself and uh, this viewing, um, I'm gonna be a lot kinder than uh, than you guys. I actually really enjoyed it. Uh, again, uh, all the criticisms are valid. Um, yeah, yeah, obviously family again. <clears throat> It is is a bit is a bit silly, especially on over here about all the behind scenes stuff. But 
you know, for the large part of it, I kind of really just got behind it. It was just, uh, it was just, a, just a fun experience all round. Um, you know, obviously the things like as I mentioned, Paul Scott Eastwood stuff just didn't work. But I don't think it's really his fault. Um, I think. Uh, I thought he was harshly treated at the time, actually. Yeah, yeah. I, as... I could see him fitting in with that crew. I don't think this was quite the right workings of how to do it. Yeah. But if we turn up in the next film and he's one of the team, you do wonder about the size of it. But I think not the size of him. But you know what I mean. But um, yeah, no, I think it would probably work okay. Yeah. Because um, I think he's also a bit of a car fan as well. I think I think I'm a member, but as well, so it would have kind of worked a bit. But anyway, um, Charlie Saron, um, I, you know, I I enjoyed I enjoyed her, uh, her performance. Not I'm not saying you know, it's going to be like a, you know one of the one of the performances of the year kind of thing. You know, because it's Fast and Furious. So, but uh, but I think it's again, it's like oh, it's nice to have like uh, a villain. Who is a name and has screen presence, and there is an element to her which is just like Ice Queen playing it cool. I think there is a little bit, a uh, little bit more to it because particularly when Dom's doing his like hiding, hiding in the, in the bonnet and the and the van covers up, you kind of like see her kind of getting pissed off, and I think that's kind of where her character is. She wants to know everything at all times, and so when she doesn't, that's when she, that's when she like kind of like. Panic. So I think that's probably where her character is, uh, and obviously, as well as not having like any real personality of her own, that's that's probably considered as well. Uh, so yeah, so I, I, I enjoyed that aspect. Uh, uh, Stafe was great. I think I think they did better stuff with um, him and the Rock in this film than they do next week. Uh, I remember because I think it's sort of the the way they bounce off each other. In uh, terms next of, week, like, it's the cent- it's the centerpiece of next week. That's the problem. Yeah. And it, it, I, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know why, I don't know how, but somehow it just seemed better this time. It just seemed better than Hobson Shaw film, like them, them two kind of. Yeah, I think that would be the one clarification I'd make that for everything I've just said, I kind of enjoyed this. I had a bit of a problem with the third act, but I enjoyed it. it it's kind of what a Fast and Furious film looks like now. Hobson Shaw, as I recall, I didn't enjoy it all, although I've not revisited it yet. Mm. No, I don't think I saw that one on release, so looking forward to, to, to really, seeing it as I, as I missed I it. I found but... it really lazy, but we'll see. We'll see how I find it in the week. But yeah, I thought the action was pretty good, relatively speaking. It's got quite, you know, the, the stuff in New York's quite, you know, it's got quite good, you know, good, uh, good setup with the, all the other cars. Go, this is the first go, time, it, you know, the series has been to New York as well, isn't yeah. it? So it's kind of really, you feel it breathe and it's a, it's a character in the film. Oh, Definitely. Definitely, it was, it's, it's, it's nice to sort of. It's a nice city to feel to, to be in anyway. You know, on camera. Um, what um, what else? Say yeah. Um, I I think you know. Obviously, you know, Dom going bad. Well, obviously that's that's like that's a new angle for him. But um, you know, but you know, everyone, we all knew that he wasn't really. I mean, it's, it's set up from the beginning. You know, when we see. No, we know he's conned into something. We yeah. just don't know what it is he's looking it's, at. It, yeah, it's it's what it is. You know. Um, and uh, yeah, and yeah, the scene when Lady dies actually is quite, is quite. Oh, she was fit. <laughs> no, I'm joking, but no, it was. It, it was, is always sadder when you're fit. <laughs> That's why Tracy. That was died. quite a heartbreaking moment. That's it why is. Tracy dying is more upsetting than like M dying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a bit of ages in that. Oh my god. 
No, it's not. It's nowhere near that shallow. It's because I fancy one and not No, I'm one. joking. Don't worry. <laughs> but obviously, you know, she's a very beautiful woman. So, yeah, very, very sad. But, um, <laughs> no, no. Only joking. Joking aside, um, I, I, it was things like that that the film is struggling with because it's trying to reach back to find something to tug on a heartstring and it doesn't really work. Mm. Um, although she plays the scene very well. Yeah, and I thought, you know, Diesel does as well. Um, I just thought... I think he's much underrated, but there you go. Yes, quite, this is more like emotionally part, impactful role, isn't it, I think? Part, part of it's his fault in the choices he makes, because I've seen enough of him now to think there's a little bit more range to him than we generally see. Mm. That's all. Because when he's asked to emote something, he tends to convince me. So, you know, but if he wants to w- walk around looking like he's carved out of granite, then fine. <laughs> <laughs> the only other thing I would say is, and this just kind of goes for the series as a whole, is just how how well, you know, that there's a lot of like sort of stuff at comment that, that that gets talked about, like you know, like lack of diversity and things like that. And I think what the fran- fast franchise does really well is you you have like you know this big array cast of like all different like you know ethnic backgrounds. And it just kind of just gets on with it with its key messaging of like family and brotherhood and things like yeah, that. I mean, and that's I suppose if you go through it, you've, we've got uh, a Maori, we've got um, uh, we've got white British. Um, I believe Vin Diesel is mixed race to some degree or another. Mm-hmm. We've got a Latina. Um, we've had Oriental yeah, Han. Really diverse, isn't it? We, yeah, Far East Asian with Han. Um, what's Elsa from? She's like Nordic, isn't she? Mm. Yeah. Um, Charlie's the wrong South African. Um, yeah, so it, there's a but, reason. Yeah, in, in in generally in even in within the team, like the sort of the good guy, there, there is. Oh like, yeah, 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 yeah. Celebration of diversity. And, <laughs> and I think you know sometimes like I, you know the fast doesn't get enough credit for that. I think that's because it just does doesn't sort of like stop and makes a big point about it at any point. It just goes like yeah, family and just and cracks on. So I think it's 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 uh, it should be commended for that. I think. I think so, um, and they, yeah, they, they, they do have chemistry. You know, mm. there's a, there's an element of cheese to it, but it kind of works. Yeah. Mm. Shall we discuss this film sequentially, folks? Yes. Because uh, the, the the opening, having just like give it, having just rehabilitated my opinion by giving it a little bit of credit, the opening sequence is fucking mental. <laughs> if you haven't guessed, we're discussing Fast Eight. Hey, yeah. Have we not done that? <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Becca, what are we covering tonight? <laughs> Pointless now, isn't it? That's what I'm just going to say. We've, we've reached the fate, the, the fate of the Furious. The fate of Furious. Bollocks. I forgot about that. That's very rare we forget that, but it's a bit silly to go <laughs> back. If you've been listening along, we're going to know which film we're at now. So, Well, it is, it's, a, it's a weird thing. Is there Driving like... Miss Daisy starring. <laughs> like the... We're discussing. I die another day. Sorry. The title of these films just really confused me because like, you'll, you'll go in and see the poster and it'll be like Fate of the Furious and then you'll sit in your seat and the title will come up and it'll say Fast and Furious 8 <laughs> I think, yeah, exactly. I think Fate of the Furious around the world as well so yeah. it might be you know Fate of the Furious in one territory but then it's Fast and Furious 8 but... in a different territory or it might be Fast and Furious 8 colon Fate of the Furious you know it might be some other t- different title yeah I mean it's the so. f- f- 8 of the Furious yeah, the f- yeah f- sorry eight. a lot of uh, Things so you, you'll, you'll pick you'll pick up like the title and it will say uh, Fate of the Furious, but then yeah, that then you watch the movie and it says like Fast and Furious Eight, or then like with um, Fast um, 
Fast and Furious 7 and Fast and Furious 6, it'll say Furious 6 and Furious 7. It's really fucking weird. Yeah, I, 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 wrote to, I, wrote, I wrote to my MP about it and she was like, <laughs> I, 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 I don't deal with that sort of shit. What are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> Dear David, I really, really do not care. You're sincere. <laughs> <laughs> I don't give a shit. Yes, Avengers Assemble was a fucking disgrace. <laughs> Lots of love, safe Tory seat. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, I think Fate of the Furious is its title. I think the Fast and Furious Eight is just where they use it in territories that they're not quite as sure they're going to get as big a box office. Just to be absolutely sure, the audience know what they're watching. Yeah. We've been we've been Avengers assembled on it. So there you go. Yeah, I mean. Although the rip I watched did come up Fast and Furious 8 on screen, but then I, I guess it depends what version you're watching. Oh, excuse me. Um, yeah. So, Dom and Letty are on honeymoon. In Cuba. In Cuba. That sweet spot of about six months when Americans could go to Cuba. They yeah, literally a six-month window when you could yeah. travel to Cuba. They can't, they can't now. Like no, I've, I've, got, I've got a fun fact really about that coming up at the end of the show. Eight. Right, the only reason that got reversed is Trump went, who enacted that? So you can't go to Cuba again now. But no, they did so all, shoot, that, they did... all that hard work has now been undone. I don't give a shit, to be honest. But <laughs> it is well, shocking, like which makes it a bit of a, uh, a, a sort of time capsule, strangely, because it, it may does. not happen any again anytime soon. To, to be honest, I don't. I don't think it really matters to the series. <laughs> I, no, I don't think it does. But it is just one of those things that we, we've had Cuba represented in a number of films where it wasn't. It was shot in. Shot, it was shot. No, it wasn't. Dying of the day. Shot, it was shot in the Dominican Republic, or in the case of Dying of the Day, they used Spain. Whereas here, they were clearly showing us streets and landmarks and stuff. Um, Having never been to Cuba or seen Cuba, cinematically, what it most reminded me of was Haiti in Quantum of Solace. It looks yeah, it did kind of have that vibe, didn't it? Reminded me of that. It looks uh, kind of um, very obviously because so, I think when the image, especially that we have of Cuba, um, is obviously kind of um, it hasn't really moved on beyond the fifties. I'm sure it obviously has, but it retains a lot of the kind of old world, so like fifties, especially with the old cars as well. Um, it's very kind of nostalgic, I will say, for that kind of that kind of era. Yeah, that's shorthand for we don't know anything about Cuba. <laughs> I tried. I thought I'd try and find some fun facts about it at the end of the show, than, but I've got a, a whole variety. Other than old-fashioned cars and crumbly buildings. <laughs> yes, and, um, and how represented Castro. in Castro. No idea. Literally, scars, old cars, Castro. Yeah. American embargo. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's my knowledge of, of Cuba, unfortunately. Oh, and it's been in Bond film, so. So, um, so yeah, that's really bad. Apologies. Yeah, because they shot it in Spain when they did die another day. I forget yes. where it was. Well, Cadiz, do, 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 like do, 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 you know, put on David Arnold's music. Anyway, so anyway. Um, yeah, Dom has a cousin who lives in Cuba, <laughs> apparently, and um, he's got family everywhere. Yeah. And obviously he's in a bit of trouble. He's with uh, is it like a like a loan shark type guy? It is. Yeah. He owes he owes money and so the guy's gonna take his, his car. And he needs it to he work. Can pay immediately. But Dom is there. And <laughs> Yeah, I like I like how he sort of like at first he was on the shot on the um 
on the loan shark side because like oh, you you got to you, you got, got to pay the... your debts. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and, then, and then for some reason he just insults Letty. <laughs> Cuz yeah. why why would you why would you do that anyway? <laughs> it's like well he's already like <laughs> I know, I know. You've already got this quite big, muscly, dangerous guy uh, in universe uh, on your side. So, like, don't piss it off. Don't piss <laughs> him off. Um, yeah. So he, I'm going to keep it about the cars. He says, and I think, what yeah. a man! What a man of honor. So he's got. They're going to race, wagering Dom's car, which is apparently a Chevrolet Impala. Hmm. You don't say. And that, yes. that's about as much as I knew. That's um, as much as we yeah, know. Yeah, Chevy Impala. Because if, <laughs> if, I, if I float over the link, that's a much newer car I'm looking at. So it's obviously an earlier version and, of And it's red. It's there a nice car. That's all I can say. <laughs> that's fun, folks. Uh, <laughs> so, you have a car, one is red, one is black. There I'm it just, is. I'm just thinking of like the... I mean, to amp up the difficulty, because Dom has effortlessly won most races in this series, mm. except if he's racing Paul Walker, and even then, most of the time. So, uh, they have him drive the shitty car that the cousin is about to have repossessed. Or that kind of makes sense, because you're amping it up and all the rest of it, and, and it, it's about and the man it, behind the Yeah, it's the man behind the wheel, not the car. Yeah, t- tell any driver in a shit Formula One team that. Um, well, he can't. He, the things though, it's like it's kind of like you know when there's a will, there's a way, and there's like kind of well, I'll just like do do these like really sort of wildly dangerous stuff, yeah. and and yes, I'll win, <laughs> but I know this I'll is, end up like destroying the whole car. This is so. mental, but in kind of an endearing way. Yeah, because I just imagined the, the the sort of story meeting where they broke this. How can we up the state? How can we have a good reveal? Let's have him go through the line backwards on fire. <laughs> in but he's on fire, you know. And considering he wins by like a head's breadth. Yeah. Um they they customize the car to and it unless he says it's gonna be a bomb. It only has to make a mile. And then he's frantically waving at the crowd he's reversing towards. Going Literally, yeah, everyone's away. trying to get like, closer. And it's like, get out the way. I mean, yeah, I was like, how, how stupid are, are, is this crowd? Yes, I'll just like sort of yeah, run directly crowding. Oh, let's go in towards it. Mm. They've stood right in front of the finish line. <laughs> <laughs> get out the way. And so they, they, they've they run towards that. it. They literally are running like as in unison. To... <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like this car it hits the wall of the sort of water, flips up into the air and sort of explodes, and Dom's unhurt because yeah. he always is. It's amazing how people come out of this film unscathed. I'd, I'd think that's incredible. It's a typical kind of action movie trope, isn't it? You kind of, you know, there's no kind of damage or bruises or, you know, anything like that. It's just, it's amazing. <laughs> Bear in mind, this, this is just like, you know, a casual day for him. It's like, oh, yeah, just... just... Yeah, it's just, oh, walk in the park. It's a normal day. Yeah, this is just Nearly like died, a diversion like... on the honeymoon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but the important thing, Chris, is they've won each other's respect. Yeah, he's won. He's won his respect, which and is also, good enough. Yeah, and also, you know, the lone shark smiles, and he's made a friend. He's made. They, they, made they, 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 they make a. He makes a point out of this before uh, later on with uh, Cipher. He, he sort does. Of, yeah, he sort of says, you know, I changed him. Yeah. It's sort of fair fears. enough. Yeah. So Raldo gets Dom's car, and then. Everyone's really happy. Party atmosphere, titles, and then Dom fucks Letty <laughs> to celebrate. 
a bit of how's your father. <laughs> and then they have a talk about whether they want children, which uh, I can't see that coming back in the story at all. <laughs> yeah. I wonder where this is going. Uh, well, literally in the next scene, we're going to find later, in the very next scene, he finds out he's a dad. I mean, yeah. how on the nose is this? Blink and it happens. Right. But we don't know this yet. So, uh, yes, obviously he's, he's gone know. to get some food. And, Did a bit of shopping. Yeah. And Didn't Is it just me? It's like, you know, you always have to like, it's always like a baguette hanging out of a bag, isn't it? Or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I thought it was a bit of a trope. He's got like a rose in one side and then a baguette in the other. It's like, oh, that yeah. old trope. It's never a really messy burger that half of it's down his t-shirt either. <laughs> no. It's always something that they can make simply at home with fresh ingredients. Mm. Baked mm-hmm. that Healthy. Off. Yes. And Charlie's Theron's car has broken down. Oh dear, what a shame. Supposedly. Chris, are you su- suspecting subterfuge even at this stage? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I thought it was so slightly plotted as well. Bollocks! Okay. So he goes over to start helping her because he can fix anything, and she calls him by his name. Mm. He's like, she wants him to play a game. He's like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and then mm-hmm. he says, "What's wrong? What something's missing from the car? Forget what it is because we know nothing about cars." And she holds it up, whatever it is, and goes, "I know." It's my <laughs> reviewing the series which is about cars we still know nothing about cars to be honest I, think I haven't would, done any fun facts about if cars. I'd gone on like a mechanics course just for this series that would be overkill wouldn't it if by film 8 suddenly I could diagnose exactly what was wrong with that car and what it meant listeners would be like why have you gone and learned wow. that it don't fucking matter that's doing your research <laughs> Anyway, I don't even know what colour this car but, is. I really haven't done uh, my while, research. While we're on that point, you know later on where he kind of like fake fixes his car while you know trying yeah. to create a diversion. Is it the same issue? Because he just pulls out this like little sort of oh, that's true. battery yeah, thing. That. So I'm wondering whether it's just like as a little bit of a. Oh, it might be. Yeah, that's true. Actually, a little bit mm-hmm. of you fell for the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't that's, know. I, I have to actually go back and check. That's good script writing if that's the case. <laughs> Brilliant. He's okay. shown her. I mean, she's she could kill his child, but at least he's shown her. Right, okay. So she she's like, he goes to walk off. I don't work for anyone. Yeah. Ah, well, wait till you see this. And she holds out the phone. We don't know what he's looking at. at so two thing. girls, one cup. <laughs> Can you imagine if it was that? God. <laughs> or like... That'd be a different film. Or it was just like... Late night with Seth Meyers, and he watches it and goes, Oh, we got quite similar tastes. I don't mind working with you. <laughs> there was no need to like take me in with Substifuge. I just, your favourites list in YouTube would have done. Uh, yeah, anyway, so. Uh, anyway. Turns out it's not that, though, Chris. No, no. It's not late night with no, it, so. well, well, it was, but then we don't see that. We see us. He looks also a wife that we show over there. She goes, like Oh shit! Yeah, no, sorry, wrong video. <laughs> there you go. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> now, ever watch Two Girls One Cup, folks? No. Oh god, avoid. Yeah, no, you'll you'll never look at ice cream the same way. Uh, I, I I managed eight seconds, or something like that. I, mean, I don't mean literally because I didn't time it, but I did find it because there was so much fuss about this about fifteen years ago. I found it. Put it on, is cursed. And I think I'd switched it off within like a dozen seconds or so because I was yeah. like, oh fuck that, oh fuck that, yeah. 
And then, yeah, yeah, you, you, you don't want to. I mean, I, I, I'm saying I think I, I cut off way too early. I was like, no, 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 not for me. <laughs> it, it will give me nightmares. Like, no, no, yeah, no, 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 no. And even if you're sort of thinking, well, like, how bad it could it be? Taste? How bad can it it's be? It's cursed. I tell you now, it's cursed. No, it's grim. It's really fucking grim. Basically, anyway. if if half a second of nudity is your thing before it gets applied. Let's move on from the custom meeting, shall anyway. we? <laughs> anyway. Anyway, moving on. So we're not fans. Uh, so final <laughs> thoughts on two girls. <laughs> <laughs> so um, this next we see Hobbs, don't we? These like I was like, you preferred the first film in the series, one girl, one cup. <laughs> no girls, no cup. Thank you very much. I stick to my cup memes. Thank you. Anyway, yeah, so uh, Hobbs is there. That's all about pussy. <laughs> what about a cheeseburger cat, actually? Anyway, so Hobbs is there. Anyway. <laughs> oh, no, no, I can have cheeseburger. No. Oh, well. Anyway. <laughs> I just like the silences we keep throwing in. <laughs> anyway, so, right. We're not on the same page. So, he, he's now got to work for Cypher. And there are some little clues. When Dom call, when Hobbs calls him later, mm. he calls Dom by his first name and Dom calls him Hobbs, but fair enough. Um, he's working on something, and that will come into play later. It, it does come into how yeah. um, Statham is able to find them and stuff later on, but we'll come to that. So he's always so, thinking ahead. Anyway. But before that, we, Hobbs, we... Is, Hobbs is giving a motivational speech. Yes. And it's, it's, like, it's the most telegraphed joke in cinematic history. What, because it's all close-up? Yeah, because it's an absurd close-up of his face. He's clearly outside, and you go, he's talking to kids, isn't he? It's going to be kids. His daughter was in the last film, so his daughter plays fucking mm. hockey or something. And when it cuts back, it's like football, as yeah. we know it. Soccer. And she's about... She's about. To, I think she's going to de-age before next week, isn't she? Oh, I can't remember. She's about 12 or 13 here. I'm pretty sure she's younger next week. It's a different actress next week as well. Okay. Yeah, because it's kind of in between, isn't it, the two? So, yeah, they probably make her look a bit younger. Because, yeah, cause she, you know, I imagine that this actress would have like grown up to be 14 so unless they wanted that same... They'd have been shooting her, shooting her for this at about 14 or yeah. something. That's not how they want Hobbs's daughter to be. Yeah. So, yeah. I looked up this actress and she was born in 2004. So, assuming they were filming this months ahead of its release, she'd have been about 12. Yes. And the actress next week, I don't think is the logical extension of that 14 or even 12. But we'll, we'll come to it. So, someone approaches Hobbs while he's um, coaching his daughter's football team. Yeah. And a bunch of women... In fact, there are more young women there than there are kids. Apparently. It's all the soccer mums. Because the because Dwayne Johnson is fucking sexy and very oiled. <laughs> he is quite buff, yes. Yeah, a Secret Service guy turns up mm. off some description to mm. talk to him about a stolen EMP. EMPs are very popular in these plots, aren't they, since Goldeneye? Basically, I'm getting all kinds of Goldeneye vibes from this film, definitely. But since Goldeneye, EMPs have turned up in action films all over the place. Yeah, it's, you know, it really started a trend. Well, I think it kind of makes sense in terms of the day and age where everything's digitalised, so it's kind of like, oh, well, let's just... It's, it's quite a trendy si- weapon to have. It's quite simple to kind of, like, concept to grasp, like, well, just wipe out the, the electricity. 
and make them more. You know, do you know what I mean? So it's they're helpless without it because we're so digital as a world now. Yeah, yeah I get it. It's not necessarily bad. It just yeah, no, I don't no. think it's bad at all. But there's a slight hint of like, Christ, it's used a lot. You know? Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. not even in this series particularly. So it's it's not a flaw. I'm aiming at this film. It's no. just it's in a lot of films. That's all. Yeah. I suppose it's like, but then again, like like this film as well, also goes for the the nuclear thing as well, doesn't it? Yeah, he's there's been there's been they found this EMP that was stolen and it's in Berlin. Uh, and this film cost two hundred and fifty million, but if they cut costs, they cut costs in Berlin because that ain't Berlin, I don't think. It's just it, it it's got a whiff of the back lot about it. Yeah, that sequence. Of the I've film. never actually been. I'd like to go, but <clears throat> I've never actually been. All right, back it back in a back in a couple of weeks, folks. Uh, speak to you later. We're, we're just gonna <laughs> off it, we're, off to, we're off to Berlin. Across the way. Is, is um, there, is good there luck at the bridge? moment. Yeah, good luck. Is, at is the there moment. an air bridge that we can take? Yeah, um, I've never been to Berlin, so I couldn't swear this isn't. But there's nothing landmarky enough about it to justify the spend of going there, and it's all at night, so I think it's just it's it's a bit of a backlot thing. Yeah. Or disused land somewhere, and uh, yeah. But before this, he, he's he's talked into going and doing that, and he's like, "I'm more into my daughter's football mm. team because uh, they're about to win the league." Like we care, and he's talked into doing it. He calls Dom and says, "I because he said you need a team," and he goes, "I know just the people, those guys that steal DVD players." <laughs> so uh, he calls Dom, and Dom is. Dom sees who it is, and Vin Diesel does some reflective acting where he's like, "Oh, this is bad news. I've got to get involved with this." And so I've he's, got to so he's to... trying to divide uh, whatever complex number with another complex number. Two hundred and twelve by thirteen, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's there, like he's doing this like deep thinking acting, and he isn't doing it too badly actually. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's telegraphing. It's, it's that. He doesn't really want to talk to Hobbs, and we're about to find out why. He doesn't really want to work with his team at the moment, and we'll find out why. Yeah, it's that, and plus with the look of, have I left the gas on? <laughs> yeah. You can see similar acting from Stephen Fry in a lot of A Bit of Fry and Laurie. Yeah. Oh, I've left the iron on. Yeah. Um, I do wonder... Now, again, I'm overthinking quite a dumb script, but... Has Cypher arranged this theft on the pure basis that she knows the American Secret Service will employ a Maori soccer coach who will only use a crew of criminals that are stealing DVD players? <laughs> is she like, is she like Blofeld level of planning from Spectre? Where you yes. go, well, hold on, hold on. You'll fart, you'll fart in 2011 and that will cause this three years later. Butterfly, well, wings. Well, I mean, they pretty much do, cause, don't they? Because like it was like it was her fault, you know. It was her behind, you know, uh, Luke Shaw, and it was you know it's, she, she she was the author of everyone's pain, <laughs> apparently. Uh, yeah, she's the author of all your pain. All right, fair enough. Okay, at least there is a link, and they do address that link, so mm. it's pushing it. But all right. So they head straight to Berlin. They're racing through this. I mean, for a reasonably yeah. long film, they just want this bit done. So they go to Berlin, which again, don't you, you can't think too hard about because A, it's not Berlin, and B, 
I don't know if they've turned up with that big wrecking ball through customs. <laughs> <laughs> no. What, what are you here for? Business or pleasure? Pleasure. Well, with a wrecking ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wrecking ball, GT. That, that they've set up and computerised. Yes, I, I wonder how they set up, really, and how, like, you know, um, the people they're stealing from hadn't noticed. Yeah, but... and also this incredible crew didn't notice them setting that up. But also... Roman, it's suddenly a big chase now because Roman has, they've broken out with this thing and Roman has set off all the explosives, which is a big joke because the joke is he's only semi-competent and it's like they wouldn't be carrying someone semi-competent, but there you go. I mean, so they're to, now in a big... To be fair, Roman, right, and did you take like, what, you used all of them? I was like, well, I'll, but I, I was thinking, well, why, why would you give him, like, certain amount of explosives and expect them only to use like two thirds or something <laughs> like <laughs> yeah what yeah. do you mean Ro? what do you mean used all of them it's like well well we, we went in there to do a mission you gave me a load of explosives <laughs> i used them and then you went why did you use the explosives it's like well, are we are we on are we on a budget what's going on <laughs> yeah but yeah. anyway and the second phase of the plan, and again, it's to get like them shit talking a bit for humour mm. and a bit of action as well. But Dom introduces phase two without telling them, which is a massive fucking wrecking ball swinging That's, straight yeah. at them. And well, only Tej knows. Well, no, I think the idea, no, I think the idea was like, don't tell Roman because he backed out of the, we tried to back out of. The, you know, going out of a plane last time round, so they kept. They do shit talk him on that, don't they? Yeah, yeah, bro, yeah. <laughs> right. Which is a bit unfair again, but yeah. So sure. keep as much, <laughs> yeah, because they really looked after him when it started going wrong, didn't they? Yeah. In... <laughs> He's off track. Yeah. <laughs> right, okay. yeah. Right, we're on the edge of quite a big mountain pass and fall, you know, where he mm. could be hurt. Okay. Uh, right. Okay. So they they get the EMP. They're about to break up, uh, and Dom is totally into the smell of the fart acting. Yeah. And uh, they, they're going to break up and move, and Letty's like, are, we, are you good? Yeah. And Something's so, not right, because he's all very moody and quiet. Yeah. And he drives off with uh, and, and the lovely film trope of, he drives off, Dwayne beside him, and Dwayne talks to him at normal speaking volume. <laughs> while they're pegging it down the road at like 100 miles an hour and he's mm. like first beer's on me yep. rather than first beer's on me what yeah it's, it's always the trope in the helicopter isn't it where like you know yeah the top normally is like, as if they're like in, in a quiet room somewhere and but the reality is you, you cannot hear anything they did, they did it in the Avengers films particularly like Age of Ultron where you know she's like always picking up on after you guys and she's in a busy city on a loud motorbike yeah. Um, the trouble is, though, when they try to do it realistically, it doesn't work either. Because you know he had lots of guts. Doesn't work. Yeah. No. Because he's bellowing it. But yeah, I just noticed it. Then Dom uh, rams him off the road without damaging his own car, which is quite impressive. Uh, so Dwayne's van flips multiple times. He's holding the EMP. Dom goes and steals it and runs off. And like he tells the rest of the crew. Dominic Toretto has gone rogue. Dun, 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 dun. 
And that's it. So he goes off with, like, Cypher. Yeah. Then, then what? Oh, um, Hobbs is arrested. Yes, because obviously there were, it was a Black Ops. So, yeah. the, it, by, so it was like, you know, like, Mission of Osborne, like, if you get caught, captured. It's about. Yeah. yeah. Although that's never made quite clear. You have to infer that. Uh, it's quite easy to infer, by the way, but the point I'm making is it looks government-sponsored at the start. But anyway... Well, um, yeah, they, they, they do, well, it is. They, they, they I, do I tell them, like, you know, we're going to have to go in, like... So if like if you get caught, then it's... Yeah, all right. We, uh, you need a crew. Oh, well, yeah, he did, he did go and get the best um, So it's so, so Yeah, so he used, obviously, some, like, non-military, non-government. So Fair it enough. would kind of make okay. sense. But, right. uh, uh, what's it? Well, so... Uh, walk towards prison uh, and Mr. Nobody and the guy we will come to know as Little mm. Nobody sort of accost him outside yeah. yeah just as he's about to go in he's in like leg irons and all that kind of shit and again every sort of scene is played for comedy every scene because it starts with Scott Eastwood's character Little Nobody just telling him the plan but he front loads mm. it with you're going to be a criminal and all that kind of shit yeah and, and first, Hobbs is not interested because he's like, no, I'm going to do this the right way. I'm going to go through the courts and make my case and and get out, you know, the proper way. And then this uh, little mode like sort of like uses his kid as a threat, and then he just picks him up and slams him <laughs> against the wall. Well, Kurt Russell just says, "Oh, you know, <sighs> got to work on your technique." Yeah, yeah, but it's basically come work for us. You will technically be a criminal, but work for us and we'll see what we can do mm. so now they've got to go uh, so they're all sort of taken again played for humour they're all taken to some base where they're sat around a table and of course Scott Eastwood has put them all in handcuffs um, which is not what he was asking for he just wanted the team brought together mm. and they we basically this is the pointer scene this is where we get all the sort of um, exposition isn't it about who Cypher is and all the rest of it and how dangerous this crew is because all of them except Roman are on the top 10 most wanted. Yeah, I'm trying to see. So he goes to prison, meets Shaw, um, and then, yeah, we sort of see Dom. Dom's on a plane with Cypher. And that's where we get, yeah, that's where we get the... Uh, the reveal. Yeah, the, um, I don't think we get the reveal um, just yet. But we just, we just basically sort of get like, you know, like obviously, you know, there's a bit of tension. There's something that yet yeah, we do not know. Okay. Um, and I think I think she just questions like Dom's like, you know, are you like, are you, are you still with it? Are you, you know, you're not sort of take this too personally. You need to sort of, that kind of thing. You know, all oh, like, yeah. Okay. Keeping him in line. Yeah. Um, so next we have yeah, more Hobbs and Shaw and then they have a breakout. Yeah, it keeps cutting back to the prison. He doesn't want to it's now plan B to get him out, which is Mr. Nobody's choice, uh, which is to basically hack it and open all the cells mm. and have him have, start a riot and have him get out like but that. He sort of refuses. He's like, I'll get out my own way, but they're kind of like, no, determined to bust him out. But I think like the one-upmanship kind of like all kind of brinkmanship even between between the two. I think it's quite funny how they're trying Why to basically... They just kind whip of, out know... their knobs? Well, it's... <laughs> Why don't they just kiss? <laughs> and then they make love. I mean, he's even ripping stuff off the wall to show how strong he is and stuff. It's... Oh, he's a buff. 
Yeah, they no, just I, it's, it's quite funny. It's kind of like it a you know, quite a comedic moment. So, and the debut of the word wanker in the series. <laughs> <laughs> I was in Oklahoma a few years ago. I, I might have gone into Texas by the oh, I, I was driving along the road and the car, a car passed me that had the number plate wanker. Really? And I'd take a photo of it. It's, it's somewhere back in my face. Did you like I was with I was with the person I was with, he was American, so she was like, What's that then? I said, It's the same as jerking off. And she was like, and they forgot that as their like license plate. I'm like, yeah. That might be their name. Said, don't there know. must be a story behind what they're called, like Arnold Wanker. <laughs> <laughs> well, I used to work in financial services, and one of our we had quite a few big German IFAs as some of our clients, and we regularly have names like spelled W A N K R and W A N K, and obviously they're pronounced a bit differently than how we do over here. But you'd be surprised how common it would be. <laughs> we, were, we were like, "What? <laughs> this is a guy's name?" Yeah, I, I <laughs> wouldn't. Fan- I feel like I'm recycling a joke from How to Be a Complete Bastard, the book by Adrian Edmondson, because I'm pretty sure there was a section in that book called Bastard Things to Do to Yourself. And oh, one dear. of them was change your name to Arnold Wanker and try to get extended credit. <laughs> Excuse me, what's your name? Hey, and when you said financial services, I'm thinking, yeah, trying to imagine getting a, trying to imagine like ringing a mortgage centre or a loan centre and trying to talk them into giving you a loan and your surname's Wanker. But anyway... <laughs> So, so, P.I. P- Staker, yeah. P.I. Staker, that's <laughs> This is going into Hot Fuzz territory with all our fake names. Yeah. What's rude about a body? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, or um, Amanda Hug and Kiss. That's it. All I want is Amanda Hug and Kiss. Why can't I find Amanda Hug and Kiss? <laughs> Which is the one where the joke goes wrong? In The Simpsons, I mean. Oh, like, yeah, I'm just trying to think there is one, someone, isn't it? Oh, I'm sorry, sir, the joke's gone wrong. Okay, young man. <laughs> All right, don't matter. Could anyway, you? so. Yeah, uh, there is one like that. I can't think what it is. Never mind, the, it'll come to me. Point, so the points are seen of them explaining who she is, what they're trying to do, um, that she stole this device. I don't think, and she's got the god's eye, which they think they can. The golden eye. Hack, hack. Yeah, because Roman says, um, well, I know, well, a great idea. Everyone goes, oh god, Roman's going to make an idea. Why don't you use God's eye? And makes that the obvious, obvious choice, which you know, which makes logical sense. And apparently, that she's kind of hacked away to sort of hide, hide, yeah. hide where, where, where she is. But it's okay because Jason Statham is there. No, no, this is a, uh, Ra- this is Raj, Raj, what on about? <laughs> Tej? Tej, yeah, Tej. Sorry, Tej. <laughs> <laughs> Tej and, Ra- and Ramsey, they're like they're all like beetle geeky. Ah, you were quite close to saying Reg and Tamsey. That's what it is. Yeah, that was it. Raj and Tamsey. All right. Um, so yeah, that's so they they figure out like oh, oh oh if we do some techno babble and type on a keyboard. They get <laughs> really excited about each other's ideas as well. I love yeah. that. And then we can oh, <laughs> but it, it is a little bit like but you that. know, but you know what. Thing that actually really sells it is actually Kurt Russell's just narrating things like, "Oh, you watch this, the, the, this kind of thing, like, you know, this kind of." I told you they were good, or I told like, you they were best of the best of the best of the best, <laughs> the best of the best. Yeah, I mean, How that came I, mean the I, I mean, the, the honest thing is, is that the end where like you see like sure go to Toretto and like he stops like little nobody goes like, "Oh no, this could be interesting." Yeah, <laughs> this is like he talks that way. <laughs> I know. 
But eventually, but Kurtisov finds a way to do it. So, yeah, but eventually, Shaw like hacks in himself, doesn't he? And after all of this, they're about ten feet away. <laughs> it's just fucking brilliant. Yeah, so they find out, and they go like, "Oh, hang on, we've allowed to this location, and uh, nobody goes." That's interesting because that's here, and then, and then explosion. Yeah, explosion. Um, Cipher and Dom kind of bust out, and do they, they they take the god's eye, don't they? Yes. Um, and then you know, Cipher kisses Dom in front of Letty, which, ooh. yeah, yeah. Do you reckon she touched his cock? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. That's in like the porno version of this film. Yeah, I don't mean God it did anything, just enough to really <laughs> piss Letty off. Like, woo. Get him a little bit hard, related, and then he sort of like crouches and. Uh, yeah, I've just, just gone full on blowjobs, quite frankly, but. <laughs> but, but I'm sure. It's sound that... effects by Becca Andrews. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's I mean, oh, yeah. You might be pushed for time, but you know. Uh... Fair enough, right? Whatever. So they get out of there, and it's like, shit. So, what then? Yeah, Letty's like, oh, that wasn't Dom. You know, and, uh, yeah, then, then Sean Ramsey kind of find a way to sort of sort of to track where, where they were going or figure it out somehow using techno stuff. And, yeah, I think next one, next time we, this, we find out that Dom actually has a kid. That's where, that's where it's revealed. Right, again, don't think too hard because uh, they got together in Rio when she had fairly long hair. Mm-hmm. Um... At the time, Mia was pregnant with uh, whatever their kid's called, Jack, uh, who we might see later on, I suppose, but not in this film and not, yeah, not in this film. So she then has that baby. In the next film, Jack is, what, three, maybe? Difficult to tell, but he's he's not a, he's not a baby anymore. Um, she is not showing at all. And she has short hair. By the time of this film, she's had the baby and grown her hair long as well. I'm utterly fucking confused. There's, there's been a bit of a leap there, haven't you? You kind of have to think, oh, you, you have just, to sort of suspend you, your disbelief. You, yeah, you just got to suspend your disbelief and say you got her pregnant. So it's fine. Together in like, <laughs> Rio, years, time has passed. Dominican Republic or wherever it was. And yeah, that's it. So she had a baby who I wonder what they'll call this baby. Because it's dropped oh. fairly early. It's dropped fairly early in conversation that I always thought his father should name him. I gave him his middle name, but a boy should be named by his father. And I'm thinking, Christ, this is going to be syrupy as bollocks at the end, isn't it? <laughs> and it's so obviously going to be Brian. Yeah, <laughs> but it's, it's cute, you know. And, and the little one is he's very sweet to look at. She sells it. Well, in fact, they both sell it. They both sell this. It's like okay. Seashells and by the again, seashore. We've had weeks of. Family, family, family. family. With, a rather, with a rather pointed scene at the start of the film about children. And I can just about buy that Dom would do the right thing here. I mean, you know, in films to come, there's probably going to be a leap 10 years into the future where Brian's growing up, boys a teen, and he kind of gets into street racing or, you know, goes down that path. So you can kind of see it all being laid out, can't you? Possibly, well, yeah. That's just, that's just but, what I imagine. It probably won't happen. But I don't know. I, I mean, they, they, they can make this a generational drama over time or the eventual reboot down the line or continuation that, like, Brian and Jack become bestest ever pals and make love. <laughs> or 
Yeah. Oh, um, you know, one's on one side, one's on the other. Yeah. Could be. His middle name is Marcos, that's all we know. Mm. And Cypher sends Dom to re- to basically intercept the Russian defence minister because he's got the nuclear codes on him. Yeah. Uh, why you'd be carrying that through the middle of New York, I'm not sure. Is there any logic in that as an idea? Um... Firstly, why would it be the defence minister... I mean, if you go the analogy of the US government, whether we whether this scares us or pleases us, Trump has the codes. I don't imagine random members of his cabinet do. And I'm sure if they went on some <clears throat> diplomatic mission to Moscow or whatever, they wouldn't be carrying them around in the car with them. Well, it, 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 well you never know. Yeah, regardless of what system it's, you, do you have like a designated person responsible for that, wouldn't you? And, mm. and, and that'll be it. But you want to have them in a secure location. You wouldn't have them... Going around, going around the globe, but I don't know. There you go. Anyway, no, I mean, again, like everything in this series, you've just got to let it go. It's not that big a problem, but as the series is going on, we're encountering more of these things that we have to go, is that a problem? Ah, no, I'm still enjoying it. Like, five seemed... By the time when we were at five, all of this had a bit more internal logic than it now does. That's all. Still enjoying it, but it's it's really pushing the boundaries each week of us running into stuff and going, oh, I guess it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, so, but I have to say, I like this sequence. This is yeah. probably the best action sequence of the film. Would we agree? Yeah, pretty much, I think. I think so, yeah. It's definitely from a visual aspect as well, because you see all the cars kind of like zooming along together. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I think that's a really good a effect of... when they all sort of converge um, and into the, the convoy, I guess. Um, and, like and, a the... The, and a camera on the sort of pitons. Yeah, that's really clever, actually. Yeah, that seems kind of literally very, very tense. Um, I think the the big stunt at the end, I think, is you know, really effectively done. But I think for, in terms of visuals, um, this kind of has more impact. That you know, this this the stunt in uh, in New York as well. Um, and you know, the city itself looks good. Um, I think if it, if it's done well, it can be sorry to keep banging on, but it can be like a character in the film. And I really do feel that. That, that happens in this section. I think it's half the reason the scene stands out because it it's in a clearly different environment and quite an on- iconic one. Without mm, it was doing, the same with London in previous films as yeah, well. Yeah, but without them doing what filmmakers, particularly American filmmakers, do when they come to London and immediately take you know photos of the Gherkin and things like that, um, and Tower Bridge and the Shard, and um, they haven't gone. I pretend that they're all in the five minutes walk of each other well yeah but not only that this is not shot here are the greatest hits of new york we get a no. couple of establishing shots here and there but it ain't look the big apple folks no you've got the city you've got the business district you know and you've got the, the iconic yellow taxis as well you instantly know where you are and it looks stylish as well mm. and it's done in a really mature way and it's basically breaking into sort of the guidance systems in all these cars i don't know how realistic this is as an idea i don't know if you could remotely drive cars that aren't self-driving cars yet if you know yeah i don't know but that's the idea all of these cars could be hacked into because they've got computers in them and be remotely deployed Mm. so you've got people jumping out of cars because they've started like losing control moving on on their own uh people getting back to their car where it's parked and like it backing away from them and it's not there and all of this is to force the russian minister's limo down a certain alleyway where where it's blocked in and dom can sort of 
cut his way in and demand the codes. And I like this. Yeah, so basically sort of sticks a flare in the in the fuel fuel tank, doesn't he? You know, rather than like trying to like shoot his way in because it's all armored and bulletproof. Yeah. Um and so yeah, so um He's now got the nuclear codes the nuclear as codes. as he drives off he's like Give me the codes, Natalia. And I must say I think say, I know where my crew's at. And, um, yeah. Yeah, so before this is like is a Dommer stalled and had a sneaky little chat with Helen Miller and so they kind of like Oh yeah, we ought to describe this sequence. What happens then? This is before the major bits of action, really. Yeah. He is she has access to all of the cameras. The God's eye that was set up in the last film. So she can access any view of him. If he blocks one camera, there'll be something else. Um, I guess it's a little bit like the Dark Knight, but the Dark Knight used camera phones and stuff. Yeah. Um, and he gets down an alley and pretends there's something wrong with the car, radios in, lifts the hood, which blocks the view of him. Mm. But she can see him from like through a crack into the alley. But she says, you've got five minutes or whatever. He says, well, unless you want the engine to blow, you have to let me do this. But the view she can see him at gets blocked by a van. And I think it's pretty clear to most people who've ever seen a film that that van is complicit with whatever he wants to do and there's actually nothing mm. wrong with his car. Yeah. But he heads off to see Helen Mirren. Um, what happens in this sequence? What does he get from her? We don't well, know at this stage, yeah, do we? Yeah, we don't know. Obviously, they... they... There's a little bit of like, oh, let's make a deal, something that I can give you. It's like, oh, why should I, why should I help you? I'm sipping on my tea and I'm fucking thirsty. Yeah, like, <laughs> um, <laughs> got like a china cup, doesn't she? Like a teapot. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we don't really know because it kind of like, kind of cuts back to like, uh, Cipher trying to find get an image, and then when the van finally moves, you, you see Dom just closing the hood and showing what was wrong and saying. So uh, we don't know as just yet because it will be revealed in the cutscene. Um, yeah, other than that, we have Hobson Shaw having a little bit of a having a little bit of like you know bitch talk, but they are kind of like slowly getting to like each other because they yeah. they go through his record saying like oh something doesn't add up here because you had you achieved like you know your honors record or or, or whatever. Sure, he was like special ops and stuff. Yeah. And he was a, a star pupil and so on. It's like, so how do you become like a criminal? It's like, oh, I don't know. You get, you know, get set up, sound familiar? Kind of thing. <laughs> That's quality writing. How did you become a criminal? <laughs> don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> into it. Hey, don't know. I not thought about that. So, uh, <laughs> but you just, just, you just go back to like last film where he basically sort of killed a load of policemen in the hospital. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> it's like well, well deep down he's actually a really good guy just just, like just a bloody just nice bloke <laughs> we're about to find out how bloody nice he is <laughs> right so he gets the nuclear football as they call it and uh, they basically he's, he's cornered by his crew they all shoot pitons into his car and he's basically trapped yeah and basically a ton of manoeuvring to try and like manipulate the cars that have trapped him yeah. So dragging them and, you know, getting them to crash, getting them to smack together, all that sort of thing. It's quite well done. Um, yeah, obviously, and obviously, you know, all the cars are totaled. Uh, so um, Dom 
uh, runs with the with the football. Uh, Shaw chases after him, and then uh, Don pulls a gun from him. Letty's perspective. We see him shoot Shaw, which yeah. again is a bit of a clue. Something's not quite as it seems because we're just watching it from somebody else's perspective. It's got that kind of slight, you know. Um, Rochamond kind of feel to it you know that mm. thing where you just see things from a slightly different perspective you're not quite sure if what you're seeing is correct um bit of callback to the last film you know you thought this was a street fight and yeah and let then then letty ends up nabbing it doesn't she yeah um and, and she's then... like you won't shoot me and then game of thrones turns up <laughs> yeah yeah um, yeah, he would make he would make quite an effective ghost of Christmas present. <laughs> he would actually a big yeah. ginger beard. Yeah, the Edward Woodward of his generation. A great big bushy beard. <laughs> it's a bit like that. Yeah. Great big bushy beard. That's a second uh, hot fuzz reference. And <laughs> Edward Woodward. <laughs> I can't wait till we do the series. I'm looking forward to it. Okay, Ed, we so will. we can legitimately Definitely. go, good, big bushy beard. Yeah, we'll do, we'll do Edgar Wright at some point. Uh, well, his films, anyway. Um, <laughs> he, <laughs> he might have a problem yeah, with that. Yeah. Excuse me. I'll find him to do Edgar Wright. Um, yeah, no, um, Edward Woodward was the ghost of Christmas present in the George C. Scott version of the film. So, yeah, um, that's where that link comes mm. from. So, yeah, he holds a gun to Letty's head and Dom holds a gun to his head. Yeah. Uh, I, I kind of forget how, how this kind of resolves, but it basically resolves with like both him and Ghost Christmas Past. Uh, yeah, they've t- they've taken it now. Present, they've taken yeah. it off Letty, and they they go back to the you know the plane or whatever. And um, yeah, and so this is where Cipher kind of punishes Don for kind of for kind of like not really. I mean, he's still got the job done, but just kind of like, oh well, just to, just to remind you. She could see all this on the cameras, and that's yeah. very that is telegraphed at the. That's rem, we're reminded of that at the end of the scene because we get a point of view of the camera looking down at him after. Um, yeah, she basically says, "You're you're not fully on side. You would have you would you would have let Letty go." And to punish him, she she shoots Elena, mm. or she has mm. Elena shot, which is which is probably the most villainous. Bick, she's like, uh, yeah, it's really heartbreaking. Cause... Well, it's unnecessary. Elena's tied up anyway, and not in the hey, let fun, let's experiment way. And um, she's holding his baby, so there's a hint of threat to that. Mm. What we did see the first time he met, he held up that iconic chain mm. and held it up for her as a little sort of family thing. So that's there as well. That'll become important in a yeah, bit. Yeah, that's key. So, yeah, attention. Elena is now dead, mm-hmm. and. Dom is, you know, the only parent left mm. for young, unnamed. Baby, baby Toretto. Oh, yeah, unnamed Marcus. Uh... Brian. <laughs> so uh, now um, they track Dom to Russia. Yes. And the EMP is going to be used to disable sort of security at a base and a nuclear submarine so it can be hijacked. And yeah. Is it ever said explicitly what she wants with it? Uh, I think it's like, you know, start a nuclear war or something like that, just to kind of... That's that's implicit. I'm just wondering if it's ever said per se. I think she says it's something to do with that accountability, like being able to hold governments that to account and saying, ah, you bastards, things like that. 
<laughs> go, ah, you bastards. Ah, you bastard. <laughs> but no, she does this launch into, into this like monologue, Linus monologue about um, yeah, accountability. So, but, so but apart, from that, apart from that, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's she like hijack it. Hi, hi, hijack it to attempt to use it as Arsenal to trigger nuclear war. Uh, so I think, or it's at the... least hold go- governments to ransom. Yeah. So she might use it to say, "I demand you have a hundred thousand COVID tests a day by the end of April." She might have used it for good. <laughs> All right. So the team now have to go to Russia to stop her sort of getting out in the water and. Yeah, get out into open waters. And at the same time, Shaw and Owen team up. <gasps> yes, because uh, uh, this is all happening like without... Or you know, as we... we like to call them, Shaw and Shaw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Shaw and Shaw. Right, this is yeah. that the, the mother sort of... Yeah, we find out later, we find out that it was all staged. He wasn't really killed by mm. Dom. No. And he's driven away in an ambulance driven by the two guys from the first film. Uh and the fifth. No, they were in the fifth film, weren't they? Yeah. And Yeah, so yeah the, the, so... the guys were like the uh, the policeman picking up Shaw. Yeah. Then, yeah. Yeah, and they they're basically to sort of sneak onto <clears throat> the plane and they won't be being looked for because they're thought to be dead. Well, one in hospital, one dead. <clears throat> Although we don't know how many years this is on now. Owen might have got out of hospital fucking years ago. Who knows? Yeah. Um, and it's to get Dom's son out. And they've got Dom's son because Dom put a tracker in that um, necklace, and that was what he was working on at the start of the film when Hobbs mm. called him. So it does hang together better than I'm giving it credit for, actually. That's good. So, yeah, Dom's working on a way to get out. What we, while our team are trying to, like... Um sort of interrupts. So you've got a lot of hack- hackery stuff going on where, like, they're, like, they're doing films where rather than, you know, obviously they can't sort of, like, show it. They, you know, they have to talk the way through it. So they go, like, oh, I'm going to block you. Oh, damn. Sh-. No, they, they're good, but not as good as me. Oh, no, I can't stop this. Okay, well, <laughs> and then and then just, like, all this kind of, like, techno mumbo-jumbo, they just sort of, like, talk their way through, like, the action rather than and while just while tapping on the keyboard. I mean, I don't know how it actually works. <laughs> I don't know if that actually does involve like a lot of tapping. Yeah, you, you imagine you get there. There's no Wi-Fi signal at all. You're just like, ah, all right, <laughs> let's go. Ah, like, oh, signal a bit weak. Uh, and um, they really talk up, like, start. Oh yeah, they do talk up saving the world, don't they? It's just, mm. I just think, like, I can't. Be- I still sometimes can't believe the series is here. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Where we are now, it's like. Even by film five, where the modern series was born, they were just robbing a fucking bank. <laughs> yeah. Now it's let's go save the world. And, you know, little nobody's now on side. There are no rules. Yes. Because, yeah, yeah, I think before that we had, like, you sort of rule one, know your audience, rule two. Um, I forgot about what rule two I was. Don't know. Yeah, it was just shit dialogue. It's fine. But the rule three was there's no rules. So. Mm. Scott Eastwood's on board now for his audition for Fast Nine, which is what this is. <laughs> having played he really looks like team, his dad. Well, having he does look like Clint Eastwood. He really does. Hard. I couldn't get over it. But, I was like, know, Hold on a minute. Put him, put him roughly in the Paul Walker role and see how he does. That's what this is. Yeah, that's kind of what he's doing. I just couldn't get over it. I was like, oh my god. Obviously, he is Clint Eastwood's son, yeah. but I was like, he really looks like his dad. He really does. Anyway, apparently, I, I was reading his Wikipedia page earlier. He went to like a fancy dress party. He has the man with no name once, 
Oh. And, and that those made like the press, the photos, because it was eerie. Yeah, no, I'm sure, um, definitely. And that's um, interesting, seeing as he's, he's essentially, we don't know his name, he's just called Mr. Little Nobody. I mean, if... if and that's if, quite interesting that he's playing a no-name character here. If you hold the name, if you hold pictures of Clint up to, you know, to photos of him, you can tell them apart. Obviously, but yeah, yeah. They, they, they look I'm a bit very worrying alike. if it didn't look like his parents, you know. Yeah, he looks. they look very alike, though. Yeah, very cool. Um, and he's been in a couple of Clint Eastwood films as well under his original name because he, he used his mum's maiden name to start with, which kind of makes a sense, you know, right. see if you can make a little bit of your own way. And once you've got a foot in, then, well, I am at Eastwood. Nothing wrong with using your family name. I know it will always bring up accusations of nepotism, but what can you do you know if it's your name it's your name and you, you're proud to use it and stuff this action sequence kind of loses me i don't know if you guys want to talk me through it but it kind of loses me it's just a load of bollocks on ice and i, I kind of liked it i mean at first you had like sort of like the the the, the break the breaking into the base and mm. and things like that and, and the hacking stuff so once they finally i mean they, they get they get a chip which sort of disables like the nuclear um Water, but this, but she still has like control of the of submarine, so the submarine kind of goes, and they're basically sort of, basically being chased by a submarine and and a and a load of uh, military trucks, essentially, um, right. and and while while that's happening, uh, Dom is basically sort of made to watch while uh, Ghost of Christmas Present um, is gonna sort of snipe the team basically. Right. And we keep cutting between to Jason Statham fighting everybody on board a plane and occasionally popping back to the baby to reassure him. And yeah, it's really that's good fun. Yeah, it just shows how great Jason Statham is because it's like the the way he's like talking to the baby is just like it's hilarious while doing doing the action stuff because he's he, which he can do in his sleep because he's. He's, he's just a natural talent for that sort of stuff. But occasionally we just see it from the baby's perspective, yeah. where he just disappears out of shot, few sort of sound effects of punches and kicks, and then he's back again. Yeah. And he's basically put headphones with, like, kiddie music on for for the kid. So this is a good scene. It's an inventive scene. And, and what a bloody nice bloke Deckard Shaw is. Zero, <laughs> Yeah. Um, Even loves his mum, you know. Yeah. Didn't he kill Han, though? Uh, I think Han's still alive <laughs> with no evidence whatsoever. <laughs> well, I've got evidence now, but I wouldn't have had it at this point. But at this point, when they're writing the film, it's like, he killed Han? Even if you retcon it that Han survived, we're not going to know that for, like, at least two years. Yeah. And I think they'd already announced Hobson Shaw, so it was pretty quickly clear that we weren't getting a film till 2020. Obviously, offence have overtaken that. So... If the payoff is three years away, that doesn't work as storytelling, you know? So at this point, the guy who killed Han, but he's nice, really. He's a ruddy nice bloke. <laughs> Blew up Dom's house, which he went through like hell to try and get back. Yeah, so, all right, whatever. Killed a load of police. Yeah. Uh, you know, destroyed a hospital, yeah. Um... Yeah. Bloody nice so, guy. Yeah. So... Dom, Dom eventually sort of breaks from the guy to protect his crew mm-hmm. and kills him I think uh, and then eventually yeah, it just this... comes, he, he's being watched, he's got there's a camera on board his car, mm-hmm. he's being watched by Charlize and but he, but Dom knows 
short as already sort of taking step the, the Shaw brothers not those Shaw brothers mm. are taking steps to protect his child and he's and he'd made a comment to her earlier about if you put in foot on a tiger's neck you have to keep it there and he yeah. the payoff line is here is you just took your foot off the tiger's neck so, so Dom is which is good an analogy in a, in a way it is no yeah. it's fine I laugh at the dialogue in this but it works so and she yeah. fires a heat-seeking missile at him. Now, she hasn't seen many films, has she? Heat-seeking missiles have a lot, long history of going very wrong. <laughs> yes. You know. Um, but you know, but it's 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 uh, you know, it, it's a way to Dom to give like do a, a ridiculous, um, death-defying stunt. You know, where, where he and crashes. And show his amazing driving skills once again. Because it because it, it happened it, you know it's happened in in the sixth film where he drives out and then crashes the car, it happens in the seventh film where he, where he kind of drives out out of the parking lot and crashes his car, uh, and happens this time where he sort of clips a submarine, and there's a big explosion and the team are all there to kind of to cover him to act as a blockade against all the fire. She escapes. She's on the plane. All this, not the not the submarine. She jumps off the plane because she's got the only parachute. Statham manages to like save the baby from falling out. I don't know what they do then. I'm presuming he flies and lands the plane. Because um, he can probably do that as well. Because he can compute a hat and do everything. Mm. Probably does the barbecue they have later as well. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Basically, she's escaped, ready for the next film. Mm. Dom's admitted to Letty that that wasn't me. And... By the way, here's a, here's a kid I had with another woman. Here's a kid I had with another woman um, when you were talking about babies earlier. Uh, this one will do, won't it? Don't want your own, surely. Uh, yeah, it, they end up meeting on a sort of penthouse apartment, all of mm -hmm. them. Stathams turns up with the baby to hand it back, and they all drink Corona beer and bloody nice blokes. Anything else? Oh, let me introduce you to my son. He's called. What do you, what do you think this is going to be? Well, we've already spoiled it. Spoiler alert! They, they could have done like an Avenger, Avengers: Age of Ultron, where they kind of like he's called and just like credits. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's called. called drum roll. Oh. And like Hobbs and Shaw look at each other with a bit of respect. Mm -hmm. Um. So yeah, um, that will all be rewritten next week. Oh, and uh, Hobbs is offered his job back, and he's like, "No, because I'm going to spend some time with my daughter." Family man. Yeah, and they're all family. And then they sit down for a bit of food and shit like that, and that's that. And yeah, that's it. All we see of Toretto and Co. That's that's it for yeah the the main series until next year. We hope. Um, yeah, hopefully by then, Fast Fast Nine, which has been shot, will come out. Fast Ten will be the year afterwards. We'll be here to cover it. Uh, but that's it for the main series. We do have one more to go, which we'll come to in a bit, and we have mentioned through this show. Final thoughts on this. I think it is a step down. I think it's entertaining enough. There's not much wrong with it. The best action sequence halfway through. The final action sequence is not as good for me. It's decent. It's a decent entry in the series. If I were to rank it, it's probably in, in the middle somewhere. I think the last three weeks have all been better than this. Um, 
it's a bit of a wash with four, to be honest. I think I, I, I'd almost have to watch four again because it's changed in tone so much since then. But that was when it started to become the series it was, and it had a bit of heart and stuff like that. It, it's probably better than the first three entries in the series. So, yeah, it's somewhere in the middle. I think it's better than what we're going to get next week, but I'll, I'm willing to challenge that with an open mind. It's fine, but it, it, it is a one big overblown soap opera now for the people who, whatever they do, will never get hurt and are bloody nice blokes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I still you know, had, a, had a good time with it. Um, it's probably not the high point in the series. I think it's amazing that the series that's been running this long is you know, still going in its current form uh, for as long as it has done. Um, action's fine, stunts are fine. Um the big kind of like a major big you know big stunt at the end is probably not the main spectacle i'd say that that happens during you know during the new york sequence definitely for sure um comedy wise like for me it is certainly one of like the funniest films in the series um i love the kind of the back and forth um between the rock and Stathe, which is very cool um yeah i was a bit a little bit let down with um with charlie Theron. i mean she's definitely a very menacing menacing villain definitely um, and also a female villain as well, because um, I don't really, we still know very little about her, and she does remain at large at the end of the film. Um, but she's very, very pared back, you know, very, very sort of deliberate. Um, but yeah, like again, as we mentioned earlier, that may just be like a, you know, a, a choice, um, and we may see her dialed up again next time. You never know. Um, three out of five. <laughs> but no, I, I did enjoy my time with this film, um, and as I say, it's probably not the best in the series, but it's, you know. Still going, still plugging away, um, and you know certainly one of the high points. Yeah, I mean, I I think I'd go with pretty much what um, everyone else has said. Really, I mean, obviously I enjoyed it a lot more, but I think it's I think the same with any of these films is you know it's whether you go with it or not, whether it plays to your strengths or not, whether it's uh, you know if you if you like your you know your your, your big spectacle um, action films with you know where you just switch your brain off, you know it. It it plays. It, it it depends what you know. If that's your taste or not, and obviously that's more my taste. Uh, it's more my real house anyway. So I I get more out of it. But yeah, no, it's a it's solid solid entry. I had a, had a good time with it. Um, I'm looking forward to uh, Fast Nine when it comes out because uh, the uh, I've got his name now. Is it Justin? Lin? Yeah, Justin Lin. Justin Lin's back. Justin so, Lin's back. Yeah. yeah. So it'll be interesting. And it, it's got a new writer as well. It's got a new writer. Without me looking, I can't remember who it is now. But it's got it. it, it this is kind of juice of new blood because it's been Chris Morgan writing these for mm. fucking years. By yeah, this. he's been doing it for ages. Uh, so we've got the best director for this series, the most appropriate director, the most successful director in my well. I say my view. It depends. The reason I say my view is on pure box office. James Wan is the most successful because of Fast Seven. But the mo- you know, the, he made the series what it was, Justin Lin. But it probably needs some new blood on the writing side. So the signs are pretty good for that, definitely. Um, for posterity, just because one day I'll listen back to this podcast and wonder what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> when we're finished about? here, when we're finished here tonight, both of you go to Twitter and have a look at why Tony the Tiger is trending. Honestly, I, we are through the fucking looking glass. Well. The- yeah, that MP that got like fucking deselected. It's to do with her. It is fucking mental. Anyway, anyway, but I, I know. Okay. Is it because she's great? 
She's not. She's not she's great. Not, she's not great, and her logic here is fucking Cocoa mental. Pops is trending. Yeah, no, it's all the same topic. I promise you. <laughs> oh fuck! I'll say it right. This woman, Fiona Onasanya, wrote has written to Kellogg's through a tweet. Oh, I see. To, to complain about basically racial stereotyping in serials. And if it's you a thought bit silly she now, had, isn't it? Well, certainly compared to you, I'm reasonably PC and I'm quite open-minded about those sorts of things and I defend it quite happily. I tend to stay off the topic because what's the fucking point? I yeah. just you can fart jokes and people who vote a different way from me can enjoy what I do. Um, but this is mental if you read the thread. Honestly, it is fucking mental. Um, even if there was a semi-logic in what she was saying, the replies to it absolutely un- undercut and ruin her logic immediately. <laughs> right, anyway. Um, so so what's, what's the name, is it? Uh, well, just just go to Trending. You'll see Tony the Tiger. Click on that. You'll find it. Or Cocoa know. Pops. Or Cocoa Pops. Um, yeah. Uh, Christ almighty. Um, Living in yeah. clown world. <laughs> There are variants of this where she might have a point she doesn't hear. But anyway. Um, right. Somebody yeah. makes a point. As an Irishman, I'm offended by Lucky Charms. Well, I'll, well, I'll keep them in my trousers then. And somebody else says, oh, fly <laughs> I won't show you my Lucky Charms if you feel that way about it. <laughs> it's powers again, isn't it? I'll show you my Lucky Charms. <laughs> dear, dear. If you're Irish you want to see my lucky charms, write to us. Yeah, no, no, no offence intended. I've just offered to show me bits. Jobs. I don't there think it. I don't, I won't offend people. I'll have to ask. There anyway, um, if I knew anything about this film, it's just gone out my head, Chris. That's crazy. That was just crazy. <laughs> uh, yeah. Has it gone out your head too? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just looking. I'm just looking at um, one, of the, one of the guys I, fo- I follow. I think you probably follow him too, uh, Marcus Wilcott. He, he's kind of replied with <laughs> cocoa rice krispies, and like obviously you got like and uh, and white chocolate cocoa pops, and just with a question mark. I know, I know, <laughs> I know. There are white chocolate. Co- he politically is way closer to you than me. Yeah, but but. Like, sometimes he posts and you go, I can't fucking fault the logic of that. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. This is, this is, this is, I, I thought I was ready to learn about this film. And, and now, like, I, I'm not, I don't know if I know anything. I, I've been confused by uh, the Kellogg's race war. <laughs> <laughs> Who'd have thought it was such a, yeah, <laughs> such a, a highly button, charged topic? A hot button issue for a deselected <laughs> MP. <laughs> you got to get smarter than this if you ever want to win a fucking election, guys. <laughs> right. Here it is. Sorry, I, I went down that rabbit hole. Do, do, does, Remember does, where the rest of the public live. You know. Do, does it? Does. Does it not just? EastEnders is trending. Is that because of us? Does it EastEnders not just... is trending. <laughs> we mentioned it once on a show we haven't even released and is not broadcast live. That's quite incredible. <laughs> if people have just divided. You know, I just saw Twitter earlier. Expect us to talk a recording tonight. 
But let's Let's talk about that on Twitter so it trends. No. Becca, teach us some shit. We can't go down. We've been far too. We've gone too far down our information. You know this to go back to our usual infomercial bollocks. So, what facts have you got to teach us? Well, I have noticed that Salisbury poisoning drama is trending, unfortunately. So. Well, he, he, he probably poisoned the white man with a black poison. No comment on that one. So. Fucking hell. Probably through it. Uh, right. Anyway, yes, fun fact time. Um, so, yes, fun fact number one. At the time, this was Universal's most ambitious global release. Um, apart from in Japan very oddly um and anyway it achieved the biggest global history eh, it achieved the biggest global opening in history <laughs> in history <laughs> oh dear it's late people i'm tired there are there um yeah so basically it's universal most ambitious global release and achieved the biggest global opening in history until the avengers infinity war film came along the following year um and even director f gary gray broke his own record with this film scoring his best opening since this 2015 really straight out of Compton, as we mentioned earlier in the show. Um, and also, whilst we're on the box of effects, this film proved to be Universal's highest grossing live action movie. Um, so, just not, you know, just discounting any sort of like um, sort of comic book hero mil- uh, movies, uh, just plain live action drama um, since Jurassic World in 2015. Uh, fun fact number two this is the first Fast and Furious movie to star two Oscar winners, Charlie Theron and Dame Helen Mirren. Fun fact number three. The film opens in Havana, Cuba. Um, also, we touched on this earlier on the show as well <laughs> during our massive off-tangent discussion about world politics. So, obviously, in July 2015, US-Cuban relations were restored um, to basically Briefly. the best they'd been since the Cold War in 1961. Um, and the process obviously was started by Obama in 2014, dubbed the Cuban Thor. Um, and although a lot of Cuban the policies... Thor? Yeah, that's what it was Is called. Is that like Chris Hemsworth, but he's smoking a cigar in a big Yeah, sporting. literally... <laughs> Thought, 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 thought. I, I, I need to find it somewhere. There's, there's, I'm going to raise that story about my friend creating this cartoon about thought, thought. And I think it's really cleverly done. I'll see if I can dig it out. Um, but yeah, obviously this process was started by Obama in 2014. And obviously now, as we mentioned, a lot of it's all been undone. Um, but the opening of this film um, can be definitely seen in that context of US-Cuban relations. Um, you know, after this... After, you know, after the race, they kind of earn each other's mutual respect. Uh, fun fact number four, Iceland stand there for Russia for the third time um, with this film, obviously after Review to Kill and Tomb Raider in 2001. Um, and apparently it features the biggest explosion to be filmed there in that location. Uh, fun fact number B-jams f- back then. <laughs> gone, it's all gone. Sorry, go on, that was a really lazy joke, but there you go. That was a, um, oh God. Oh, Tracy Ullman. That was a Tracy Ullman joke. Oh, was it? Okay. I think it might be a Tracy Ullman joke. Um, but yeah, oh, fun number five. You steal from the best, then, eh? <laughs> so yeah, my final fun fact is that Paul Walker's character was known for driving Japanese imports, um, Subaru, etc., etc., um, and something which little nobody, Scott Eastwood, um, I called him Chris Eastwood earlier by mistake. <laughs> I was called Scott. Sorry, I got it on the brain. Um, so yeah, um, Scott Eastwood's character does. Um, drive Japanese cars in this film so it's a little bit of a tribute to Brian um, and since apparently they were really good friends in real life so I think that's a I didn't know that either he'd have been quite young I mean Scott Eastwood's only 34 now yeah he's same age as us really so he's uh, very old yeah well he, he'll be the incumbent Batman next year 
Yeah, he's going to yeah. be the next Batman. Well, Robert Pattinson, given oh, yeah, that he's so, yeah, so I, I didn't obviously. <laughs> given that he started filming it already. He's actually beca- yeah, actually will be Batman. Yeah. But yeah, uh, we've all got our Batman, so. Yeah. Okay. Was that? Was that? Is that? Uh, that, that, that was my five fun facts. Sadly, that's all, all right. I got. No, that's all right. That's cool. I would say it's fun, but I'm still confused and distracted by cocoa pops. Uh, <laughs> I've got the urge to buy some cocoa pops tomorrow. <laughs> that's ridiculous. I yeah, but that yeah, but not to own the libs. It's just been put in your mind. <laughs> yeah. that's I was like, oh, that, that's quite nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Okay. A tasty uh, breakfast. So- a tasty breakfast <laughs> advertised by a symbol of oppression. Um, <laughs> as for social media, you can find me at the. I can't stop laughing at this. It's fucking mental. I, I don't. Right. Bloody hell! I, Why? Just. Oh. I mean, I mean, it, it's come to the point where like brass eye became reality, isn't yeah, it? Really? Yeah, it is. I swing much, that way. We're there pretty much. Brass eye, black mirror, all of that. Oh, right, right. Anyway. You can find me at the Pasta Kid nineteen seventy six on Twitter. You can find me uh, eating a bowl of uh, cocoa pops uh, on Twitter. My Kellogg's. <laughs> oh, I mean, God. I mean, tomorrow, so I'll, you know, I'll, I'll happily go to like you know, Al, no, Aldi or Lidl's brand. I'm, I'm not not snobby. Um, but, um, yeah, but, but only if there's a social worker on the box. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> you can find me at uh, Shots on Twitter. You can also find all the old episodes uh, on uh, SimShots.co.uk. You can find us on Twitter at ExpectedTalk, also under the same name on Facebook and YouTube. Uh, you can find us all on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, basically anywhere you can get your podcast from, um, whichever platform you decide to view us on. Don't forget to rate us, review us, to like us, and share us across social media. Thank you very much. All right, so we're nearly done with this series. Uh, next week, one of us is going to have to pick a Bond commentary, and I don't know which one it is. So, um... what, so having, we'll talk offline about Bond films and stuff. But there's one left in this series, which is a spin-off, which means Becca. Drum roll. Do you expect to talk? We'll return with Hobbs and Shaw. <laughs> <laughs>